0: It's time to start our meeting, and welcome to our annual state convention, the first session. Um, I'm going to ask Deb Caldwell to come up and do an invocation first.
1: Up
2: better
1: this year. Okay. Don't eat the mic. Um, Please bow your heads in prayer. Almighty God, you are our Creator and Sustainer. You are our light and our fortress. You are our wisdom and strength. We ask for your guiding hand to lead us through the 29th Annual Conference and Convention of the Iowa Council of the United Blind as we come together for growth and renewed commitment in demonstrating a positive attitude in dealing with blindness to enhance our own lives and gather information and provide our perspectives and experiences to help other blind Iowans achieve whatever goals and dreams are important to them. May we approach our tasks with wisdom and may we approach our members with respect. May our conduct create an environment of cooperation and kindness. Thank you, for the presence of our speakers, especially American Council of the Blind board member, Jeff Bishop from Tucson, Arizona, as well as our exhibitors and those who have worked behind the scenes to make this conference and convention a success. Thank you for helping us to accomplish our work this weekend. Be with us, blind as we travel back to our homes and begin another year to strengthen and unite the blind community. We ask these things in your powerful name. Amen.
0: Thank you very much, Deb. I think that is one of the nicest invocations I've ever heard. That was beautiful. Um, Would you all stand? We're going to pledge allegiance to the flag. The flag is to my left. And I believe to my left. As I'm facing you, it's to my left. And, And does this flag have fringe on it? And does anybody know what that means? It means, it means it was, it's, it, it represents fallen heroes. Um, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You may all be seated. Thank you. We are ready. As promised in the program and in the convention packet, our very first door prize is worth 100 buckos. And I'm going to draw it. That's, that's what Becky Dunkerson, our door prize cheer lady, said. So, <laughs> and hopefully it will be my name. Good Dennis oh, my God! But you have to be present. <laughs> Dennis Mowry going once, going twice. Gina. Gina. We get another one, another chance. <laughs> Here you go. My All right. Drinks are on mic tonight. I I like you, Mike, you know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I Let's see something about... Um, what we would like to do now is to get our other microphone. We need a volunteer who can pass the microphone around. We would like... This is... Oh, I wanted to say one thing. I'm sorry. I, I got to have it ahead of myself just a little bit. Um when people have questions this year, we have a microphone that's approximately in the middle of the room, and so if you're coming from the back of the room toward the front, it's right after the, I mean, the aisle is real narrow, and then, hang on just a minute, um, the aisle is real narrow, and then it widens out, so the microphone will be on a stand there, so if you want to say anything in the you know, ask a question or have a comment, we want you to go to the microphone this year instead of trying to get everything passed around. But yes, we do need, just for this one time, we would like to have a volunteer pass the microphone around so we can introduce our participants. Thank you. No, the one in the middle of the room. sorry we're going to start passing it around now yeah we want to know who's who's all here everybody can say their name and where they're from and um
3: i shall start in the back okay i shall start on the far right in the back in the far right corner here you go sir
4: alan dunkerson des moines iowa becky dunkerson des moines
5: Don Worth, Ames.
3: Going across to the other side.
6: Bruce Sneeden, Altoona.
3: Carrie
7: Osterhaus, Des Moines. Kim Barber, Des Moines.
8: Sarah Williford, Pleasant Hill. The
6: next row. Hi, sir. Uh, Dan Tiggis Des Moines.
9: Sandy Tiggis
4: Beaverdale. (laughs) Of course.
3: (laughs) Okay. I know this guy.
4: Gary Patterson, Des
3: Moines, oh, Windsor, Windsor Heights, Heights yeah.
10: April Reams, Des Moines,
11: Mr. Barber, do you want to hold it yourself? I know you're going to go on and on. No, I'm not. Okay.
12: <laughs> Michael Barber, Des Moines. Brenda
7: Criswell, Urbendale,
9: Iowa. Becky Criswell, Prairie City. What
10: a... Norma, I'm here. Norma Bogie, Des Moines, Iowa.
11: Vivian Verhuel, West Des
6: Moines.
3: Crossing over again.
6: Arlo Monte, Des Moines. And Elsie's here also. She just stepped out real quick. Okay.
10: Come up here. There you go. Kim Yuronic, Council Bluffs.
4: Jim Whitty, Waukee. Catherine Whitty,
13: Waukee.
3: Crossing over, Joe, I'm
14: here. Joe Slayton, Des Moines, Iowa.
13: Myconic, Davenport.
0: Violet, Hamberlin, Lewisburg, Wisconsin, mailing address,
11: Cuba City. 93-year-old Ida Schultz, back again. <laughs> right. Yay! Mr.
10: Right.
15: Cherry? Right, right. <laughs> uh, Eugene Cherry, Des Moines.
10: Steve Hunt, Creston.
15: J.R. Swank, Des Moines. Uh Tyler Euronic Council Bluffs.
3: Did we miss anyone? Well we're gonna go Oh, I'm Mary francis Des Moines, Beaverdale. Dog patch.
0: <laughs> and we have a couple other, other people.
3: Um I'm sorry, up, up at the head table here. Okay, head table, I'm going up to the head table. Okay. Deb, I'm starting with you. Deb called back Des Moines, Iowa.
6: Jeff Bishop, not Iowa, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, uh, Tucson, Arizona, thanks everybody,
0: and Cynthia Cloud, a.k.a. Sip, uh, um, Des Moines from Horseheads, New York,
3: okay, I'm going to the back one, we got him. Go to the back one more time, did I miss you, yep. I'm sorry,
12: Robert Spangler, Vinton,
10: hey
3: Robert, and is that every, whoops, one last person. Name and where are you from?
10: I'm
16: Gina Mowry from Nevada, Iowa.
9: Yay, cool. Gina, our treasure. And <laughs> yeah, one
3: more
16: just coming in the door. Okay. Name in town. Emily Wharton, Des Moines, Iowa. Okay, here we go. Who is that? Uh, Emily Wharton, Des Moines, oh, Iowa. Oh, hi, El- hi, Emily. Hi, Emily. Okay.
3: Right.
17: One more. Sean Mayo, Des Moines, Iowa.
3: Is that it? I believe it is. I said it, Mary from. Beaverdale Dog Patch, Park Mall. Only in the zombie apocalypse.
0: And I don't know what happened to Sally the Rip, Sally Ripplinger and Gloria O'Neill and June Belts, but I did see them earlier, so they're around here somewhere. They're probably up in the, probably getting ready for the hospitality room or something or other. Thank you everybody for coming. And what I thought we'd do is h- ask Joe Slate to talk about Des Moines a little bit and welcome us. Thank you, Joe. <laughs>
14: Hi. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> She's gonna be challenged. I'm at the wrong end of a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, on behalf of the Des Moines chapter, I'd like to welcome you all here tonight. And um, this is going to be an excellent convention. Um, you know, we have the hostesses with the mostesses, the uh, the Montes in the hospitality room, in the Missouri room. Want to be sure and m- visit there. We have our door prize chairman Becky and Donna. Seliger is doing transportation. So, but you've got a lot of members around here. So, if we can do anything to help. Uh, Help your stay be more pleasant or enjoyable, please let us know. Thank you
0: Bravo i don't know if I don't know if anybody knows this, but i we've many of us heard about Tyler Yernick's, uh vocational pursuit at dinner, and we've been trying to convince him to give massages because he's he's going to be a massage therapist <laughs> we've been trying to convince him to give massages for door prizes so you know any any way you can talk him into it that would be good the other thing we're doing tonight which is something completely different and new for us and i must say it's because of tyler your and he kind of said sip you know we have you thought about streaming the icub state convention and i said well yeah kind of but you know maybe (laughs) and he said we ought to do it sip i'm going to get a mixer (laughs) and and then one day um this was a few months ago he calls me and i'm sleeping on the couch you know just goofing off being retired and (laughs) tyler says well what are we what are we going to (laughs) do And I said, oh, we're going to stream it. (laughs) And so Tyler uh, got busy and kept prodding me, and I kept moving on it. And So what we're doing for our convention this year is we're streaming it. It's going over ACB radio. It's going to be done tonight and tomorrow and Sunday morning. So I wanted you all to know that. A lot of people are going to be hearing us all and what we're doing in our convention throughout the country. So everybody, on the count of three, let's say, hi, ACB land. Ready? One, two, three. Hi, ACB land. Land. Very good. Hey, that was pretty darn good. Okay. Um, And let's see, Bruce, you're here, Emily, Sean, Kim, Carrie. Are you guys ready to start now? Oh, Sarah, I'm so sorry, Sarah. God, and I did talk to you earlier. jeez, that's that's from too much retirement. <laughs> if you guys would like to come up and um, kind of give a report on the Department for the Blind, if you're ready, Oh, you want a door prize first? we need We need a door prize, Becky.
11: Okay, what I have here is a little package, and it's got one pot holder, two washcloths, and one dish towel. Oh. The winner is Donna Felliger. She's not here.
0: I didn't hear her name tonight.
11: Ge- How about Gina Mowry? G- oh, Gina needs it, yes. The other thing I wanted to let people know too is we do have the raffle tickets. Um, Alan and I have those, and we are in the back of the room if anybody's interested in those after. And we will also be in a hospitality room. Say again. Raffle tickets are $1 for one or $5 for six.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a 50 50 raffle. Yeah. All right. Department for the Blind on up here. Hmm? Okay. So, Sarah. The library is going to go first on our reporting, you guys. And, Sarah, it's been a busy year for you. We, I know, um, with the Braille Challenge and everything, it was... You know, it was busy for us, too. We were very happy to participate there. And um, how did the workshop go today? It went very well.
8: It was a great time.
0: I'm sorry I missed it because, you know, we were planning and doing stuff here. um, But we always support the efforts of the library. It's a a very important program for us. So if you could just – you guys, if you could just – Talk about what you're going to talk about and entertain questions. We'd like to have you do that. Thank you. Sarah Williford.
8: Well, thank you. And um, again, I'm Sarah Williford, the library Je- director. And I am just going to share some upcoming events and programs that the library is involved, will be involved in during the next couple months. And today we did have our 2016 Elizabeth Prowski workshop and luncheon. Um, It was a great day, um, a great time to honor um, all that our volunteers do and the support that they provide. So thank you to everyone in this room as well for supporting the library and our programs. (coughs) Starting Monday, so we're going (coughs) to kick it into gear Monday. Um, Monday is Money Smart Week. Money Smart Week. I'm kidding.
10: (laughs) there.
8: Money Smart Week is a public awareness campaign to promote financial education across all age groups. This was launched in 2002 by the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago. And since then, they've gained some more partners like Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards, the USDA, um, and then also the American Library Association. So what we're going to do next week is just provide information around topics involving money and finance. And also kind of highlight our collection where you can find information on that as well. And we're going to be using um, the library. We do have a blog now. Um, Well, we we had a blog a a while ago, and we brought it back. So it's iowalibrary.wordpress.com. And if you don't remember that, you can get to it from the department's website as well. So watch our blog. We're trying to highlight different things and different parts of our collection on that. And so then we are going to start planning for and working towards the summer. And again, we will have our summer reading program for children and adults. So um, all of you readers out there, remember, it's for adults as well. And our theme this year is On Your Mark, Get Set, Read. So um, kind of some competitive pieces to this one. Um, But this summer what I'm really excited about is we are also going to be adding an early literacy piece to um, our program as well as our collection Thanks to the friends of the library, um, they have given us funds to um, add to our collection, um, focusing on early literacy and the younger, younger age group. Developing early literacy skills also prepares children for entering school and for learning to read. So we're gonna focus on parents and the caregivers of newborns, toddlers, and preschools, um, because um, those parents and guardians, caregivers, are their first teachers. Um, So this summer we are going to launch a program, and you might have heard about it, it's been in the news a little bit, Um, A Thousand Books Before Kindergarten. So this is designed to help and encourage parents and caregivers to prepare their children for one of life's milestones, kindergarten, but also getting them ready to learn to read. So we're going to focus again on developing our collection to support early literacy activities creating information for parents and caregivers about early literacy components, and developing programs to support early literacy and pre-reading skills, and then also the 1,000 Books Before Kindergarten program. So again, watch the website and the blog for more information about that. That is what I have, Um, keeping it brief, but if there's any questions or anything you wanted me to talk about.
0: so, is there anything that we can do to help with, the, with this stuff?
8: I think if you can help um, spread the word for us. Um, because when we do launch these new programs, it's, um, it's always getting them started and getting them going. So if you can help us spread the word that these programs are available or the information is available in the collection. And then also, I know I think you'll hear later from our friends of the library, but they are um, instrumental in helping us do kind of these outside-of-normal-work normal programs. So I know you'll hear from them later and all the fabulous things they're doing. Well, and I know, Sarah, um, Norma, and Don have been working on
0: our newsletter. And, you know, if you could summarize some of those programs for our newsletter, uh, it well, might help. Good. That would really be a help. Absolutely. And do, do you guys have any questions for Sarah? One of the
6: this is
13: Mike One of the questions that are what you mentioned am I the mic
6: oh, Can you hear Mike all right, <laughs> Tyler? <laughs> can you hear Mike all right? Uh, not over the street. Oh, okay. So can he, can he can it it?
15: If you go
0: to the mic, yeah.
15: If, you Mike, can go.
13: It would be better for you to go to the mic. Go to the mic. Go. go to the mic. Uh, Sarah, when, it, when you mentioned the summer reading program, it reminded me of um, a group that I got involved with for a while with, through the library, um, which was a, like a, a book club. And we, we met by phone. And it was a great, great group. It happened during the day. And I got just too busy and had to end up um, dropping out of that. But is that something that the library is, is still doing, those the book discussion groups? And if not, is that something that would has ever been discussed to, in terms of bringing them back?
8: It is. We currently have three. You do. And you're going to ask me when they are, aren't you?
13: Um, no. <laughs> 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 I know how to find Porn you. Of course
8: is. <laughs> they're, they're on the website. Okay. Um, Dina Cross does two of them, and then Rachel Busson does okay. the other one. Um, and kind of what books are there they are currently reading and are decided by the group. So we do have three. They are during the day, though. So um, I will say we are looking at um, investigating different ways to do them, or if there's different times to do
14: them, as well. Great. Sarah, would you please tell us, um, I was excited to learn the other day, I gave some misinformation to someone, but the money reader program that that we can contact the library, would you tell us about that, please?
8: Absolutely. we, I think, I talked to, to this group actually about the currency reader program that you can get um, from the library. And um, how that worked first, we were kind of the pilot, pilot to distribute those to our patrons. Um, since then, they've expanded it out. But just so everyone knows, there's still a form that is available that you can fill out to receive a currency reader. And um, the National Library Service is also look, working on a way to kind of make that easier, especially for new library patrons. So when they sign up as a new patron, we're able then to also sign them up to receive a currency reader. So the, the the way should get a little more streamlined and better. But if anyone is interested in receiving those, just give us a call and we can fill up um, the form and get that sent in.
15: This is Tyler. And I'd just like to uh, say that I really appreciate the fact that you guys are still continuing that uh, that summer reading program program. Uh, because I think it really encourages students to continue to learn to read Braille, and Braille is uh, is our language. So I really appreciate you guys uh, putting a lot of effort into it.
8: Thank you. Bravo. Here, here. Yes, we want to avoid that that summer slide that happens when the kids get out of school.
10: I do have one question. Um, I am so old. This is Catherine Whitty. Um, older than you. I am I am so old that I remember when we did not have an automated system in the library decades ago, and I'm told that we have a new and different one now. We do. So, so I'm wondering how that's going, if it's progressing well, what its um, benefits and wonders are, etc.? <clears throat>
8: Um, it, we did, in March, switch to a new system, and what that means is this is the, the software system that controls our inventory, our collection, also our patron data, and then also um, your patron profiles, the books that you want, all of that. So we switched and moved all that data into a new system, and I won't say it was perfect, um, perfect move when you move data like that around. Um, so we are still, um, I think we called it tweaking the other day, um, some of the pieces but, what it's allowing us to do is really highlight um all of our collection prior to that our um, automation system we um, discovered was only using about thirty five percent of our collection, so it wasn't making available the full collection so we'll be able to do that We're also able to um, really um, track what's happening and kind of look at trends and maybe where we have gaps in our collection or where we need we can look at what's popular. Um, so there's a lot we're able to do with this new system we couldn't do previously. The other piece of the new system, um, and this is kind of something we developed on the side that attaches to our new system. I'm trying not to use too much jargon, so if I'm being vague, let me know. Um, and this is allowing us to um, use our, circula- our car- digital cartridges in a different way. Um, we are able to now give patrons what we're calling circulation cartridges, and on these cartridges, you can have one to 10 books. We can actually fit up to 20 books. So um, we're kind of letting the user decide how many books they want on those cartridges um, based on what they're reading or how much they want to manage. So um, we're kind of flipping our service model and using um, the cartridges more as a patron cartridge. Rather, if you remember the cartridges we were getting before, they were title. One title was on that cartridge. We've kind of switched it, and now the cartridges are for an individual patron with um, the books that they want to read on it.
0: I don't, um, you don't I, I remember when I was first teaching some people how to use four-track cassette players. How you'd have four tracks, you know, you, you, you play it, before you flip the switch, you play it full through on this one side, and then you flip it over, and then you play it on the other side. And then you flip the switch, and then you play it on side three. And then you flip the switch, uh, you keep the switch the same, and then you play it on side four, and then you got to flip the switch back to play the next tape. How's that going with the bookshelf with all these people <laughs> out there who are who are older and maybe who aren't, you know, into um, technology and Stuff like that. Are you guys having any trouble with those people who are learning how to use these players?
8: We have done a lot. I mean, I could probably recite and say, hold the green button down. <laughs> um, we just hadn't had a lot of use for Bookshelf with a lot of our patrons, so we're trying to get them familiar. But for some, um, for different reasons, that's just not, not going to be possible to use a Bookshelf. And that's where we can do the one per okay. one book per um, so what we're telling people is we're sending cartridges, and they're giving it a try. But if um, for whatever reason it's just not happening, we can do um, the one book per, just like the old model, um, for them. But, yeah, we've, um, we've talked a lot. Of, we have written instructions. We have um, instructions we can mail. They can calling us. So if there is anybody who wants some tips or how to use bookshelf, let us know.
0: I was wondering, like the home teachers teach them how to use those too, don't they? Correct. Yes. Okay, so they can they can help with that. Um, anybody else have questions for Sarah? Yeah,
9: I Okay. This is Becky Criswell. Hey, Sarah. I, I I hate to bother you with statistics that's usually something that I find very boring but can you tell me in terms of readership has the readership has that increased over the past number of years and what about discontinuation of services and just the size of the reading population that you're serving
8: Um, I can tell you looking at trends we are um, we don't change much so I can't say that we're growing um Right now, I'm really watching them closely because I am seeing um, a lot of, um, we're losing a lot of people, um, mainly deceased, um, so that's, um, we're hoping to focus on that younger group too and get them on board early so we can keep them lifelong, um, so I would say right now just looking at the trends, we are, um, we hold pretty steady, but I'm watching it pretty closely.
0: Elsie,
3: mic- you
0: need the you need the microphone, Elsie. Mm-hmm.
9: Yes, this is Elsie Monty, and I was wondering if because we have uh, many other alternatives for reading and navigation with our uh, uh, IT with the technology now, does that impact the younger readers? Uh, And is that why sometimes we're losing them is because there are uh, all of these other alternatives out there that people are using? I just wondered if that impacts the younger readers uh, with our library program.
8: I do. I think there's various reasons, but I I do. I just had um, a high school student hand me their digital player and tell me it's not cool. But... (laughs) And I said, but I don't. yes, but I will tell you, he's probably one of our biggest BARD users. So <laughs> I think just how they're using um, the different technology is impacting how they're using the books. And also we see, you know, in school they have um, access to maybe Learning Ally or Bookshare, and that's kind of what they expect, on, you know, moving forward. So I think um, it's a different, different things, but, yeah, I think that's one of them.
0: You know, isn't it kind of neat to have all this material available to us now? Like I mean, every time I go to the Internet or, or, or get a download a book from Bard, God, it's just great, I think. How come we didn't have this access before when I was younger. Any other questions for Sarah? Any, any any new thing? Any anything new on the Bard app, Sarah? They
8: are they are working on a new version for the iOS, and um, the new one for the Android should be coming out, and it will have the sleep timer.
0: <laughs> I knew Norma would do it. I knew you'd do it, Norma. You need to win a door prize. <laughs> Not that you will, but you need to, and. The other, th- the other question I have is, I heard about the Braille display from
8: NLS. What do you know about
1: that? Well,
8: um, they are working on um, a way to provide um, an expensive Braille display, so similar to how we provide the digital players um, through the National Library Service. So that is in the works. I will also tell you. I'm um, just a little bit of news from the National Library Service. Um, they are looking at. They're probably going to be adding. Um, they're going to reach 5,000 books this year. Um, Audio books um, because of their partnerships with publishers. So um, they're really making a lot of headway with the digital books. Cool.
0: Cool. cool. And everything's U- Sorry. Every everything is UEB now, right? Correct. Don't you guys just love looking at your program and seeing number sign four colon number sign zero zero oh Oh no. man!
10: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I miss I miss grade two braille. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Yes. Yes, you do, Eugene. Mm-hmm. And and there's one off to your left, I believe. Yep.
5: So you're phasing out older things. Do you
15: still have the uh, dedicated VHS um, movies?
8: The descriptive videos? Yes. We do have the VHS. Yes, we haven't added to that collection, but we still have the collection. But you we still have, a- have Correct. Okay. Uh-huh.
12: That's all I want to know.
10: Okay.
8: Yep, let us know.
0: I'd love to do a descriptive movie on my television if I could find the SAP. <laughs> all right. Um, any other questions for Sarah? Sarah, thank you so much for coming. Thank we you. really appreciate it. Thank, thank you very much. You. And I don't, I don't know who's next up from IDB. Who? Who? Emily. Emily. Sure. Huh? <laughs> Emily?
16: How's techno-
0: How's technology?
16: Uh, ever changing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I'm glad you're you're here, and uh, if you could tell us about some of the new
16: stuff you guys are doing, and
0: and even some of the old stuff.
16: Hello. Um, A couple things. uh, Somebody told me that you wanted to hear about the Moodle. Yes. Um, Okay. So, let me start with that. We are working on, one of our big pushes right now is curriculum, in terms of developing our own curriculum and putting it out there and making it open for um, I, you know, blind eye ones to use in various capacities. Um, one of our big reasons for pushing for this is pre-employment transition services and being able to really give good quality technology training to particularly to kind of the teenagers in their years before going into college. It's something that we've recognized as a really big problem. Um, we've, we've had a lot of folks who are just not really prepared to go to college and we would, we don't want to see that. We want folks to be able to go to college and succeed. So we want to really prepare them with good good quality technology training, let them know how to use a computer in all the ways that they're going to need to do when they go to college and, in getting a job. Sorry. I don't know where my voice is going. But, um, (laughs) so, um, another step in that is we will be transitioning, um, into transition, <laughs> transitioning into transition. Um, Enrique Mejia, who is our, um, one of our rehab di- rehabilitation technology specialists, who's been you know, kind of in office and um, working with clients as well is going to be transitioning towards working full time with uh, transition age students in order to really uh, get out there, get into the schools and be able to work with them and provide them with the, the training that they need to be successful. Um, so that's going to be a big part of that, but also our, our curriculum development is a big part of that as well. So, um, and so as part of that, we uh, have uh, put up a curriculum and training website. Um, I can give you the address, but I, I, and it says on the site, this site is under construction. <laughs> um, please be patient. <laughs> Um, for a reason, because or it's a really a work in progress. Um, so there's going to be a lot of broken links right now, yet, but um, we are working towards, you know, kind of having those, you know, resources available to people to be able to, the trainers can go out and give homework assignments to people, and they can complete them and have those resources, you know, available to them over the internet. Part of that is putting up a Moodle. Um, if you don't know what a Moodle is, um, a lot of people don't. Um, <laughs> it is a it's a kind of a content management system that is really uh it's an open source system that is uh primarily designed for online courses and online teaching so you know, by putting this up we'll be able to provide courses and training to um, you know to students to uh teachers um, you know in TVIs, uh you know all the all the parents um we can you know we're going to really have a lot of tools at our disposal, and we're going to be able to you know, really put them to um, really get our imaginations going and finding new and creative ways that we could really help to get people information and skills that they need. So it's um, essentially going to be where you can, you, essentially people can go in and, and design courses and kind of have courses within that environment that people can participate in. Um, how how exactly that's going to get implemented? We're just in the very very early stages of it. So what we're going to end up doing with the tool, um, you know, we're we're still working out. But I I would like to along the lines, you know, be able to make more resources resources available to people, you know, that for for everybody to use. Is this is
0: this like um, a tool for teaching just computer skills, or what what would it what would the content
16: be? Uh, it could be both. <laughs> well, we could be well, I mean, are you yeah. To talk
0: history classes or what?
16: I mean, we could. Um, I'm not very good at history, but um, Enrique's major was history, so maybe he can. Um, the, um, really, um, we can teach courses on uh, self-advocacy to parents. We can teach courses on uh, assistive technology to, um, you know, kids in high school or to teachers. Um, we can, you know, the, the content is, uh, there, there's a lot of options and things we can do that we can use it for staff training for a different, uh, you know, kind of personnel development things. There's a lot of options that we have available to us on that. But the main reason why we got it was because, um, this is the kind of thing that a lot of people experience in college. Um, Blackboard may be a little more common, but that's kind of a proprietary one and Moodle is kind of probably second. Um in that and probably catching up because it's you know cheaper for people to implement so um that's that's why we went that direction but so we could have students in class have the experience of using that kind of environment you know in class and and be you know learning in there so they can feel comfortable when they go to college and have it and experience it there
0: so if they can if they can use moodle can they Is it an easy transition to be able to use Blackboard?
16: Yeah. I mean, it's same principles. Same
0: principles. Okay. Yeah. I mean,
16: and mostly it's a lot about just, um, you know, web navigation, web literacy, you know, being able to really fluently and efficiently navigate the Internet. Um, That's really a a core and key skill, so. Okay. Okay. And um, so when do you expect to have that done? (laughs) I mean, I'm running and... Yeah. I mean, like I said, we have a, a, some sure. of the curriculum up right now, and we're going to keep building it. We're going to have certain key units finished before we get the the, the teens in for the summertime, <laughs> um, the, particularly the parts that we know that they're going to really need to be able to hit hard on. Um, but we're going to, you know, kind of keep increasing it. It's – I've you know, kind of gotten to a point where I, I've got a chunk of time to devote to it now, and um, – so we're going to hopefully be progressing forward. And if people have, you know, ideas about things that they want to see on there, things that would be useful, um, that things would be um, useful for people to learn about now, then, you
0: know. Will we be able
16: to use it? Um, well, right now, if you go to www.atiowa.net, mm-hmm. and if you would like to learn about basic uh, internet navigation with NVDA, you would be in luck. Because <laughs> that's the one that's um, partly done. Um <laughs> It's a www.atiowa like at for assistive technology and then iowa dot net.
14: Madam and President.
16: Joe. Yes. Joe.
14: Joe Slayton. I was wondering. Um, my son was talking about what is it bot and virtual stuff tonight. All kinds of things I don't understand. But this Moodle is a new one as well. Can this be used for seniors? Um, our seniors across the state really need. Some help with assistive technology, and I was just wondering if we could use that for them, including myself.
16: Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, the the thing about the Moodle is it's going to be a little bit more. What we're probably not going to be having people on it until they, you know, gotten past you know the internet units and whatnot in the curriculum, because it is taking some advanced skills. But I I think that we have other options also. You know, kind of it's really kind of depending what we've been finding in working with seniors, quite honestly, is there's a big range in terms of kind of uh, knowledge and skill set. Yeah, just like everybody else, right? Um, <laughs> so, you know, the, there's some folks who are you know kind of beginners and some folks who have used a lot of things and have a lot of knowledge. And, you know, they are... Uh, we had a gentleman who was working on, uh, you know, learning how to use uh, um, uh, music software with VADA, you know, who's a senior and things like that. So... Um, you know, there's, there's, there's all kinds of ranges out there. So for folks who are going to be a kind of upper on the upper end of the literacy, literacy computer literacy scale, yeah, that would be probably an option. Um, but we want to find kind of ways. We also have a tool called Talking Communities. Uh, we may be looking at moving over to another tool, but it's essentially an online conferencing um, software. And to be able to find that, um, use that more to do some more group trainings. Um, you know, pre- we've been presenting uh, webinars to uh, uh, teachers and uh, paraprofessionals, you know, in the schools for about different technology topics. And those are available on our website at, uh, um, on our regular website, idbonline.org atschool. Um, yeah, just kind of some, ge- just yeah. some overviews of some general topics oh, okay. about, like, using the Mac with voiceover and um, VDA. Um, Just put one up today about basics of NVDA if you want to kind of get a sense of the the voices and some things that are a little bit different about it maybe than JAWS and things like that. A really short um, thing on that. So we're trying to kind of uh, build up more content in that way too. Um, But if there's ways that we can particularly – Rich Cavalero has been doing a great job of getting out there and and providing really good training to the seniors, and unfortunately he's only one guy, (laughs) Um, but a lot of the te- he's been working a lot with the teachers as well to get them, you know, training, and um, you know they're going out there and teaching, you know, their clients as well more technology probably than they were able to do before because of the training that he gives. So um, anything that we can do to to do better with that, we we would love to, and we'd love to be able to stretch our resources further. So. Sorry, that's a long answer.
4: <laughs> this is Gary Patterson. I have a question for you, Emily. Uh, are you aware that there's an email list for uh, Opticon users? And I don't know if you're aware, there's kind of a move on to try to renew or improve even the uh, an Opticon. And there's some of the folks on the list know electronics and so forth um, pretty well. And they're, have suggested different technologies to uh, accomplish, uh, you know, the different. there And, like, they've had people write in and say how many different ways they use the Opticon. I think it's somewhere around 40 different uh, ways that they've used Opticons. And uh, I guess the only other thing I say is there is... Uh, person in California that repairs opticons, and I I used it to you know get my opticon uh, restored and so forth. So anyway, I don't know if it's. I think the basic thing if you did want to do a, a Google type search would be opticon dash L. Okay. Anyway, that's that's my question comment.
16: Yeah. Um, yeah it'd be really uh there's so many people would, and there's so many great uses for the Opticon. it'd be great if somebody could you know get it back into general manufacturing I know there's some development with um, technology for um, screens of like touch devices where that um, sometimes involving elect- electrodes or um, liquids and don't get i don't know the science all behind it but that will make raised surfaces on those smooth surfaces and that'll um kind of goes to that same principle with the Opticon, because that's just a really, having that tactile representation is just so useful.
13: Emily, this is Mike Conic and I have a question. When you mentioned talking communities, you know, I, our a lot of our, um, my work ends up, we're, we're getting involved in all these different um, web conferencing, and so there's um, Adobe Connect that we're stuck with sometimes, and there's um, GoToMeeting, Citrix GoToMeeting, and and now I think we're going to get hit up with WebEx for another group that we're working with. And I've heard of Talking Communities as being one that's quite accessible, but it doesn't seem to be being used by at least the circles that I work in, like within you know university settings and some of these like cross-disability groups. So I'm wondering if there's any way that, um, that Talking Communities is trying to, to tap into that market. And I've not actually tried it before, but I'm wondering if there's anything... We can do is kind of end users to to kind of bridge that gap so that that you know our, our partners and you know that and even our like within you know when we were actually just last fall um, going through a process of figuring out who we were going to get next and to, that to be honest with you talking communities never even came up as an option there were three others that that got reviewed and so you know so I'm just wondering if there's what kind of outreach that that company is doing, and how we might be able to get in there and try to, you know, get other mainstream groups using it more.
16: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You'd have to kind of communicate with the company on that. I haven't really talked too much with them, you know, directly. Just kind of uh, been using it and paying the bill. But um, the uh, another thing that you might want to take a look at as well. In addition, there's. Um, because it is supposed to, and this is the one we're going to start investigating to see if it might be another option for us. Um, it's produced by Saratech, and the name of it is completely escaping me right now. Accessible Event, I think. Oh, thank you. Yes, Accessible Event. Um, and so that is supposed to actually work as an overlay to some of those other systems that you were talking about um, so that you could, you know, utilize those other systems with that with that overlay. Um So it might be something worth looking into. We're going to start looking into it, too, because, I mean, sometimes we have some issues with the the responsiveness on talking communities, and I think that might be what happens. It is an older technology, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're trying to incorporate a lot of different technologies and meet a lot of different needs with it, so it (laughs) kind of... It's challenging to find the right product, isn't it? (laughs)
15: So, uh, any other questions um this is this is tyler and and i'm going through massage therapy school right now and one of the things that they use quite often is blackboard everything's everything's so you know always on blackboard and whatnot and i was just wondering you know there's a lot of other programs i guess out there like dropbox and and that kind of thing but what are, what is the the status on blackboard i mean are they working on it it just seems like nothing's really accessible there
16: Uh, blackboard is generally accessible yeah um there could be some things that a particular school would do to maybe to maybe make it less so but for the most part blackboard is uh is is generally accessible in in most implementations but it could be you could be dealing with some particular add-ons or some particular features that maybe aren't uh, yeah maybe an older version um, so, I mean, it'd be something that you could talk to, you know, the IT pe- folks at your school about maybe getting, um, you, know, if, uh, you know, if, you know, case open, so, you know, get a tech out to um, we could kind of work with you on that, too. So, uh, depends on the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, if, uh, yeah. if it, if it was some, for, if somebody has an open VR case, then, you know, it's kinda of based on counselor. So it's kind of whoever's assigned to your counselor. So. Any other questions? <coughs> well, thank you very much.
0: <laughs> so I, I think there's a lot of stuff being done there. And um, you guys, uh, I know that I've, I've talked to some people who say that they haven't received some equipment that they needed for their job. Um, is, is, is there a new process for getting equipment and getting it approved and
16: stuff like that? Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, no, that not different from what uh, I think. I talked about it last year when I was here. The that we kind of uh, went through kind of st- a recommendation process so that everybody is on the same page. But for the most part, um, our recommendation process is kind of stabilized since last year. So there's not if there's kind of individual cases where something is falling through the cracks or whatever. Um, I would encourage people to contact me directly about that. Um, but um, for the most part, we're we are fully staffed, and I think that uh, people are working really hard to get people the things that they need to do their jobs.
0: And and Emily, one other thing, on on this Moodle and some of this other new stuff that you're doing, again, um, if you guys could write up a little something for our newsletter, it would be great. We could pass this information around that way too. Okay, thank you. Um, Who's next, Sean? Did you bring any students, Sean? <laughs> Maybe they'll come tomorrow. Yeah, come on over here, Sean. I, I I was I was able to talk to business class about our convention couple weeks ago. Was it a couple weeks? Well, two weeks ago, I think it was. It was on a Monday. And um, we're talking about the value of consumer groups. And so, um, Sean, I'm glad you're here. You can tell us about what's happening at the center. All
17: right. Thank you, Sip. First of all, let me hear from uh, everyone out there uh, who's been through the orientation center at the department or worked there in the past. Yeah, I well, that's great. I'm glad to to hear that. And I figured we'd get a, a response like that. I was had a, a great history uh, with there, and I think that's important. And I think was very good for uh, uh, SIP that uh, you were able to come out uh, there to the business class because SIP did a really nice job. As I probably don't need to tell you, uh, but of, of talking with the students about the importance of the consumer organizations, and as uh, uh, everyone here knows, yeah, sometimes if you think back to your time in the the center in there, sometimes it's hard to see. Uh, the progress or the benefit uh, from the day-to-day that you're making but what really makes the difference is um, for them to to be able to see people who have been there and done that and the benefits that it has after uh, the fact with that so that mentoring component is so crucial and important on there and uh we look forward uh uh SIP to having uh you or others come back uh to do business class uh again on there. And SIP uh also uh, uh did a, a good job with uh telling people about the convention this weekend and I know in the past you uh iCub has let the center students know of different activities uh that you have going on and we do uh, make announcements each month too to remind people of the uh, meetings right there at the department on uh, Monday. So if you see any students walking by on those uh, Monday evenings, keep on inviting them uh, on into your meetings there. um, That we currently have uh, 10 students in the, uh center and we are getting ready. We have a couple more scheduled uh to start here in the next weeks and then we're getting ready for the summertime when we'll have about ten more uh teenage students, high schoolers uh joining us. So looking forward uh hearing all the chatter and excitement and uh good things uh going on with uh people talking and learning skills. And more important than the skills, while those are very important, also uh, to be developing that belief in themselves and that positive attitude about blindness. We've been uh, doing a couple activities. Gosh, um, trying to think of. We talked about. We did uh, go out and do some snow tubing, and that seems a long time ago now with the warmer weather uh, here but uh we uh, just went out and talked with the uh the owners at uh uh Wildwoods Ranch to look at doing some horseback riding and they have some uh, high ropes courses uh there and The people were really great, I have to say, with the high ropes uh, courses because a lot of uh, we wanted to educate them about blindness. And a lot of the message that they give with those ropes courses seemed to tie in uh, real nicely in a way uh, that we do with uh, the problem solving and building the confidence in the teamwork. So really looking forward uh, to uh, going out there. And I believe it's May Fifth uh we'll be going out to the Tulip Festival in Pella. So um <laughs> I've not been there so it sounds fun. I just don't want to step on a tulip or have my cane hit a tulip now.
10: <laughs>
17: yeah. Yeah, so we're looking uh forward to that and I hear that there's uh, some hands-on uh activities and demonstrations. So, uh really hoping that the the students are uh able to uh take part and uh, uh learn from that. So, uh We've been uh, uh, working on some uh, relationships with the banks. A number of our students uh, have tended to use uh, West Bank, and so we've been out there, and their vice president has uh, come and toured and asked for feedback, and uh, they have corrected all of their ATM machines if anybody uses West Bank. There was some errors, yeah, with the Braille on there, so... um, But they uh, took things seriously and they asked uh, what else they could do to benefit the blind. So we had a little bit of uh, discussion on there about the importance when they have uh, job openings to uh, remember that blind people are able to do uh, these jobs as well and to be open to that. And we'd be uh, happy to uh, help them with anything or questions they had uh, with that. And then we also uh, had Wells Fargo come out uh, a couple weeks ago, and they're going to be coming out on a monthly basis doing a variety of topics on different financial aspects. Uh, The first one they did was on budgeting. And next month they're going to be coming out and discussing how to build your credit. And uh, they said they could do, you know, based on the interests and needs. Uh, there was some discussion on mortgages and 401Ks and different uh, items like that. So as people, you know, in the, the center, uh, they're working towards uh, going into employment. And so these discussions, sometimes they're new for people and sometimes it's a review for others. And so I'm um, looking forward to seeing that relationship develop along the way um emily talked about some of the curriculum so we're looking forward to uh benefiting from uh, uh those in the center too and you know that's a uh, as it's been but it's still the uh, challenge too of focusing on what technology to teach to whom for what uh their vocational goals and and desires are going to be to get a enough thorough uh, understanding and teaching on that because it seems like we could have the whole day filled with technology if we so let it sometimes with all the items that are out there. But uh, that's always going to, I think, uh, be a thing. And I think that's also a good thing, too, because that means uh, hopefully that we're getting more access uh, to information as it comes along. And speaking of, we uh, currently, just to give you a, a little bit of an update, we had a couple of our students, one of our uh, students just got a job uh, teaching technology. But I have to say, uh, our friends in Nebraska uh, took him, and he's now going to teach technology at the Nebraska Center for the Blind. Pardon um, well, they, com- they combined uh, do some Braille with their technology. It's a communications position, but it'd be primarily, yeah. Um, and then uh, we also had, uh, earlier this week, I got a call uh, from one of our recent graduates, and she is going, she lives in a, a small town. Uh, she's going to uh, be a food demonstrator at a Hy-Vee, and uh, she's doing this part-time because she plans to go to college, and so this will enable her to uh, be able to do both. But she was telling the story, and she basically went in there and sold herself to uh, hy and explained to them how they would benefit from hiring her. And uh, she's very much a, a people person, if you haven't gathered. And, uh, but uh, we're excited uh, to get that. And then if you you may know this already but uh uh two uh, uh graduates too are now running uh two of our uh vending sites in the uh state one has uh the Hoover building over there uh, in downtown and the other one is oh it's east of here it's more of the rest stop areas on 80 um Victor, thank you. Yeah, so he is uh, uh, excited uh, and has started uh, that area as well. So that's a, a brief overview of some of the things that are happening at the center and happy to take any questions. Thank you very much. And
10: I, I do have one thing. This is Catherine Witte. Sean, this is just a comment. Could you please thank Rick Frombach for the letter to the editor that was in today's paper um, about the transportation situation and the malls? It's much appreciated.
0: Um, Sean? Uh-huh. Are, are you guys involved with the summer program then with these transition age kids at the center?
17: Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Julie, Julie is heading up um, uh, with Carrie on there for the uh, evenings and weekends. But during the daytime, they're going to come in uh, and take classes at the center with uh, the center instructors on there and also um, integrated You know, the, the role modeling of uh, these students who have been there in the program already.
0: So that that's a that's a pretty good thing to do. I, I know that Icub has been asked to participate along with um the summer students and one thing that we are going to be doing is having a fine dining for the students uh and help them work on, you know, good eating uh manners and you know, some for some people how to cut food and how to dish up food and stuff like that. So we've we've done that before when we were um, working in the center, a lot of us. Uh, The other question I have is about certification. You guys have a lot of Braille certification and now cane travel certification. Is the center going to be certified by a group
17: or something like that? Thank you. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that uh, you all are going to be helping and doing some activities uh, with the teens because that's so needed uh, with their and that role modeling. Oftentimes, as you know, they're the only ones uh, in their school. Sometimes they haven't met a lot of other blind uh, people. Um, and yes, I'll definitely pass on that to, to Rick. That's that's right. Uh, you know, protesting isn't dead. <laughs> so it's good that uh, uh people get out there and that we advocate uh for the, the things that uh, blind people need on there. But uh and also I should mention I'll answer your question uh here, Sip, but um two is that the uh the transition students, the high schoolers will be staying at Grandview uh college and taking the bus into the center and back to the college. Uh, each day and so to give to have them stay on a college campus to also start uh, uh, them thinking about uh, how how life will be in those situations too so i'm excited about that component uh, with the summer programs too but yeah with certification let me just uh, start by saying uh, some of my personal opinion on on certifications Um, you know Uh, for a long time, blind people have learned the skills from other blind people and the attitude on that. And... uh I think that is a a huge uh, component and one that can't be uh, replaced on there. That I hope we always have blind people uh, teaching one another. It's one of the important components of the center as a whole. You know, when a student has been there for a while, they uh, teach uh, some of the newer students coming in some of the skills on there and also having those discussions for the positive attitude on there. Um, the certifications as a whole, too, uh, I haven't seen one that really can certify teaching uh, skills on there. And that's always uh, foremost an important uh, component of working in the center is that ability to teach others on there. And uh, uh, so I, I don't believe that any of the certifications uh, can do that. Um, we uh with the uh the uh, braille uh with the uh UEB uh there were actually a, a couple of people who volunteered to uh take that uh on there when uh with the uh UEB and we had a couple um uh NCLBs <laughs> I'm losing a uh john blank on the acronym but um with the literary braille uh certification before uh that and I think that that demonstrates is a way of testing for the knowledge of the uh, information the uh, the code in the braille, but again it doesn't replace uh, that ability to teach, but it is a a way that uh, uh can show to uh, help ensure that a person does know the code uh, with there and we recently um Uh, NAMI has been down at the Louisiana Center for the Blind and Mark is currently there uh, this week and will be next week with cane travel instruction um, under the NOMC. And I have been one uh, historically very resistant to uh, uh, certifications and a big part of that with the cane travel because never before the NOMC could blind people get certified in cane travel on there you know we've we 've heard a number of stories, including from the former commissioner of the Rehabilitation Services Administration, Fred Schroeder, who uh, had went through uh, all the training and curriculum and then when it came to testing, uh, they said that he couldn 't take the test because he couldn 't see the blind student that he was supposed to be uh, teaching on there, and you know blind people cannot uh, be without uh, without insight of their instructor on that, and I, I don't believe in that at at all. Um, what I think the uh, uh, certification, such as the NOMC, um, with that does is there is again the the practical con- component of demonstrating uh, the abilities under there the non-visual skills on there with that. But I think there's something a little more broader too. With um, I think the importance for all our instructors, whether certified or not, is also that networking and sharing ideas from others who use structured discovery or, or teach with a, a similar philosophy. You know, we help Nebraska the Nebraska Center Star. We help the Hawaii Center uh, make improvements, and so. Uh, to encourage those connections and sharing of ideas, and that and um, uh, little uh, not tricks of the trade, but you know the the little uh, suggestions uh, back and forth on there. Um, but uh, to my knowledge, we don't have any uh, uh, thing for the uh, center as a whole to uh, be certified. I haven't had a discussion on that so. The
10: agency?
17: The whole agency. Yes. Yeah. I've not heard any. Ad, I don't know of a, uh, if even an agency uh, certification, unless I'm. Oh, no, maybe it, maybe it is. I'm sorry.
1: I'm
0: sorry, Sean. I was. You know, I think networking is one thing, and I think it's a real good idea. But, you know, when when I hear certification, I think of dollar signs for something that we've all always done, and. Um, in the time where we have $305,000 short, it's a lot of money to be spending out to certify a center, especially when we don't really need to certify it. That's my opinion. I, I don't know how other people feel about that in this room. But I, I was just wanting to clarify that. Sure, yeah. Very good. No, thank okay. you. Okay. And it, is, is that it, Shauna? I mean, for your report and...
17: Um yeah, I, I didn't plan a whole lot. No, oh, no that's I
0: fine, that's didn't fine. No, you did Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, questions for Sean? Thank you. Okay. And who's next? Come on, Carrie. I always I always ask Carrie if her son is driving yet. <laughs> He's like how old is he? Oh my god.
2: He does want to drive, of
12: course.
2: Probably try to hold that off as long as possible. He's talking about school, though, so we'll see. Um, Well, good evening. Thank you um, for letting me come here again this year and and speak a few minutes about the activities that are happening in our VR program. Um, I really wanted, uh, because I didn't know how much time we'd have, and so I really wanted to focus in on more of the the activities that we're doing and, and things that are a little different and just new things that we've been working on. Um, we do right now have um, our employment specialists out. Um, in the state, we have uh, three employment specialist positions right now, and their main focus is to work on developing relationships with employers across the state. Um, not only employers, but also our partner agencies um, and um, trying to just build those relationships. Um, so I want to share some activities they've been doing. Um, in March, our, we did the first um, reverse job fair, happened. It was planned by the, um, the Employers' Disability Resource Network, also known as the EDRN, um, in which uh, the Department for the Blind is a core partner in. Um, this network contains members from our core and community partner- partners with the Workforce Innovation and Opportunities Act. Um, But then also our community partners, um, community rehab programs, small business associations as well. Clients um, who participated had an opportunity to showcase their skills and abilities in a unique format that turns the table on a typical job fair. So the employers stop by booths of the job candidates. It was a little different than typical. Um, It was very successful. Um, One of our clients actually obtained two job offers and a job. Um, from participating. A couple of our other clients and, and clients from core partner agencies also obtained interviews and jobs. Um, the feedback from our clients was overwhelmingly positive um, and many gained confidence, hope, and momentum for, for um, just moving forward. Um, one of the things that they actually did prior to the job fair was actually a boot camp as well in which um, individuals came in and talked about how do I present myself, uh, that 30 second informational or 30 second commercial about yourself. Um, they did resume critiquing. Um, they talked about appearance and dress and just how do you present. And they also talked about how to show passion for your job and, and the careers that you're interested in. And so it was very successful. They did that one time, and then um, right before the week before the the reverse job fair, they actually did a second boot camp, which was more like a mock reverse job fair. So they actually had employers going around um, and and kind of testing their skills and and giving them feedback and critique the whole time. So um, it was very successful. Um, event. And then, uh, just to let you know, we are planning another one um, in June of twenty this year. Um, We're going to be doing a second job fair. Um, Right now, they're here in Des Moines. Um, I was at a meeting uh, just last week, though, and we're starting to talk about how can we take it out um, to different communities and different counties around the state. Um, So, hoping that that um, continues moving and also looking at how do we continue to partner, um, not just with other agencies and, and rehab programs and partners in the Des Moines area, but how do we partner more um, across the state? So just a very um, different approach, I, su- I, I suppose. Um, another thing that they are our employment specialists are starting to do is looking at some training. And so they're planning right now on a couple trainings um, around informational interviewing and networking um, in different parts of the state for uh, our VR clients who are in need of some short-term training in regards to um, just their career path. Um, we're also looking at different ways to do training. Um, in in the past, it's been a lot of um, work, you know, with um, doing a kind of a community-based type training where we, we go to the clients. So we're talking now about how can we reach more people either through technology, um, through phone conferencing um, type events. We, we had a conversation not too long ago about how do we talk to clients um, and continue that that motivation for finding a job and perhaps the idea of doing a teleconference um, once a month and, and just trying to keep people connected to in their job search. So. Um, and those are a couple things. We are also um, very active, um, working with our core partners. There is a, a conference this summer, the Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act um, Conference, the One Door, Many Paths, um, is on June 27th through the 28th. Um, and the Department for the Blind is doing a presentation on disability awareness, and we're going to be partnering with some other agencies as well in that. Um, the conference itself is at, um, in Altoona at the Prairie Meadows. Um, I believe people can register, but I'd have to double-check on that. Right now, um, it's being presented as for core partners to learn about core partners. Um, One of the things I think we all know is um, that the Department for the Blind is um, one of those agencies that sometimes people don't know about, and so we are really trying to be active and helping our other core partners know who we are and and the services that we provide. we have also been very active at both the state and local levels to providing information and training to those state partners regarding services that we provide um, to individuals who are blind and visually impaired. Um, sorry, I just don't want to forget anything. Uh, and also to let you know, recently we um, actually exhibited, um, uh, it was actually one of our technology staff, Marcy Duty, and... Um, and Shannon Myers, one of our employment specialists, exhibited at the State of Iowa Executive Branch Career Fair and got a lot of interest in past positions um, that we've hired for in the past. Uh, we don't have any positions available right now, but we had several people stopping at the booth um, and giving us their resumes and um, of potential applicants for the future. So I was very excited to hear that people are very much interested in working with the Department for the Blind. Um, uh, and then i 'll keep going um, and then just to uh, share some of the relationships um, in Iowa have started and continue to be built with um, employers and our core partners, so some of those employers that we 're really working with right now are wells Fargo high v fairway, um, the VA uh, the Department of Transportation, the state of Iowa um, uh, the Department of Administrative Services, Unity Point, Principal Financial. Uh, the Viridian Credit Union, Des Moines Public Schools, Dr. Pepper Snapple, um, Des Moines University, uh, Prairie Meadows, ABM, uh, Facility Services, Children's and Family of Iowa, Marriott, um, Dress for Success and Going to Places Network, Um, Kimco Services, the Science Center of Iowa, Easter Seals, um, DES Employment Group, Candeo, IVRS, the Department of Ed, the Iowa Educational Services for the Blind and Visually Impaired, and our workforce partners. So I'm really trying to work on building relationships across the state as much as we can. Um, I was very excited to, to hear that um, one of our newer employers that we're working with, Dr. Pepper Snapple, and um, trying to help um, clients also get interviews. Um, and so one of, them, one of our clients does have an interview with them, so I was very excited to hear that today. a Nice end my day. Um, as far as some other things that I, I want to share with you, um, Sean's already really talked about transition, but I thought I'd just share a little bit about transition if I'm okay on time. Go, go right ahead. Okay. All right. Um, so just so you know, sh- like I said, Sean's already talked a little bit about it, and so has SIP. Um, but we are having our first ever LEAP Academy for transition students this summer. Um, It's a seven and a half residential summer program, and will provide our um, Iowa high school students with opportunities to grow in the areas of skills for independence, learning those non-visual techniques by participating in the orientation center classes, as um, Sean discussed. In addition, um, students are going to learn those skills related to self-advocacy, workplace readiness, career exploration, post-secondary education planning. Um, the program itself is from June 13th until August 5th. Um, and as Sean mentioned, we're housed at Grandview University, um, and, and during the day, they'll be traveling to the department back and forth for those orientation center classes. Um, going on during the program, too, we have our Ready, Set, Go conference happening, um, and that's a conference where um, we go up to Iowa State Um, for a week and talk to students about what it's like to go to college um, and help them understand how they need to be um, the skills they need to work on and how they can prepare. Um, uh, We are and then here's my ask (laughs) we are looking for community members who are interested in sharing talents and skills with our students so Um, If you are interested, please contact Julie, um, often camp, or me at the department. Um, If you have a particular interest or skill that you're willing and interested in sharing with teenagers in our program. Um, And then we are going camping at the end of the camp, so if anybody in here is an avid fisherman or woman um, person... Wants to, knows everything there is to know about putting up tents and camping over a fire. I remember donuts over a fire with USIP. Um Or doing any of those other camping activities and wants to volunteer spending a, a week outside um, in the heat in August. Uh, please let us know. I think it will be a great time. Um, and uh, I'm not seeing a lot of people standing up jumping to volunteer, so. Um... <laughs> okay, Sip just jumped up. Now, uh,
0: I know that Mike Conig is ready to go. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs>
6: yeah. Carrie, I, I had a question earlier, and I think maybe you answered sure. it. And that was, how might we assist you? Did you have a mentoring program or something that you were thinking of? So I think your last statement there kind of talked about that. So,
11: Yes,
2: please. <laughs> See,
0: See Arlo, you do a lot of stuff with woodworking and all kinds of stuff like that.
6: Well, I think a lot of... <laughs> Well, yeah, and I think a lot of us have skills and I don't know if you're aware of what people's skills are. So I don't know if you need some kind of a little resume of of, you know, skills that people might be willing to share with your students.
0: So we can go what? We just call Julie and tell yep. her what, what our skills are and yep. and what we'd like to share. You know, maybe a project or something we think the youth might want. What do you think about that, Arlo? Well, yeah. I was
6: thinking many of us have been out in the workforce for a number of years. Yeah. Are there things that we, you know, students
7: have questions about
12: that we might be able to share
0: how we solve I issues? I think that's great, Arlo. That's a good idea. Carrie. Um,
13: oh, sorry. I'm sorry, who? That's Mike again. Okay, Mike. Um, hey, I just wanted to share, um, give a shout out, Carrie. Um, A friend of mine um, that I work with, you've got at least one other work partner or um, partner that's really, I think, hopefully maybe going to start coming on board with with, um, working on employment, and that's the University of Iowa. And Mm -hmm. I had a a contact from a friend of mine who works in facilities management there and said that, is her name Amanda, is that right? Ashley. Ashley, got the A part right. Anyway, was coming over um, to talk about ways of possibly partnering um, between, you know partnerships between the department and the university, and it was really a cool thing. My friend is, you know, we're, he works in um, universal design, and so his his kind of concept on accessibility has been maybe more focused toward the physical part. I've worked with him, and he's starting to get the audio description thing, but I'm not sure he'd ever quite gone to the next step and thought about how maybe he or some other departments that he works with could start hiring blind guys. So shame on me for not pointing that out, but good for Ashley for um, coming over and having that meeting because he was really impressed and he said "Hope he's, you know they're hoping that that'll lead to some further um, collaboration so I just wanted to give that shout out to your staff and thanks for doing that. Thank you,
0: Mike. Carrie, um, there was some talk at the last IDB board meeting, commission board meeting, about us not being at the table With the WIOA Workforce Investment Opportunity Act, folks, that we we're we're I guess we're a stakeholder, but we don't have a lot of decision-making power. Am I getting that right? Um, Yes, you're talking about the state work. um, Mm
2: -hmm. I believe you're talking about the state workforce boards. Right. Yes. How
0: are we able to get on that workforce? What is it, board? Did you say?
2: Well, we're trying.
0: Um, is there anything we can do? <laughs>
2: um, yeah, right now, um, just to let you know where, where that is, it's Senate File Twenty Three Thirteen, and it did pass in the Senate. Um, and it went through um, the House subcommittee, and should be coming up to the House. I'm looking at my notes um, any day soon. So, um, anything you can do to, to talk to legislators, I guess, and um, help support that.
0: We so so that. we really need to support... And, and am I right by by saying that if we're not, you know, full-blooded stakeholders, so to speak, on this, um, I mean, we we really need to be able to have a say as to how some of that rehab money is spent. And blind people, you know, services for the blind are different than services for other disability groups and other people who are involved in the workforce investment. So... Would for. that would that give us some power?
2: Um, I think anything we can do um, to sorry, I think anything we can do to show our workforce partners and to um, just show the state of Iowa really about um, first the services that are available through the Iowa Department for the Blind, um, definitely as a core partner, but then also, um, when we do that, we can also work with our, our partners and, and also the employers in those regions um, to understand the skills and abilities of individuals who are blind and visually impaired. And so anything we can do to get our name out there um, and will be a good thing. So,
10: yeah. um, could I ask, Carrie, could you explain what Senate File 2313 is? Because <laughs> some of us don't know, so we, it'll be hard for us to support it.
2: Sure, sure, sure. Um, I'm going to ask Bruce, actually, to come up here because he knows a little bit more about it than I do. So
6: The bill amends the composition of the State Workforce Board to put the Department for the Blind on it as an ex-officio, non-voting member. Non-voting. That's my understanding, yes.
0: So we still don't have any say.
6: A voice at the table.
0: So, so that's something we have to think about here and look at, huh? Who are who are the other people on the board? Oh, the like is IVRS Iowa Vocational Rehabilitation Services? Are they ex officio non-voting?
2: I believe they're ex officio too, but to be certain, I'd have to
0: look. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Is there, is there a reason why we were and they were not included? Is that, do you know? I do not. Okay. I, I, I really don't know. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Go to the mic, Mike. It wasn't that important. Was safe, oh, okay. Well, it's something we have to start looking at, I think, and and examining because it concerns me that money would be spent in different ways that would not affect us in a good way am i right about that could that happen with this board if we had no voting power i'm not sure bruce do you know uh-huh. he says it's a possibility so um maybe we better start taking a look at that the other question, uh, off of the, the wheel, unless other people, maybe we should stick with that for just a second. D- does anybody else have questions about WIOA or anything else that Carrie has talked about so far? Okay. And are you, in, are you, is Julie Oftencap then the one who, and um, Rehab the one who, are involved with the Braille literacy training one-week thing, or is that a Sean thing? Who's who's doing that? Uh,
2: I Sean.
0: And I think this is something important to talk about um, because I know we've heard a little bit about it, and we've had some members who have expressed an interest in working with some kids. Sean, that's fine. I'm sorry. I, I should have thought about it earlier.
17: I I didn't even think. Here you go. The uh, uh, Bell program, um, that's what you're referring to, Sip? Yes. The Braille Enrichment Literacy and Learning Program. Yeah, there is a lot uh, of details still to be determined on there is my understanding. Um, I have... um, the latest that i have with that is it will be uh for 2 weeks i believe that's from uh august 1st through the that last friday i think that's the 12th uh on there it is a weekday program from or yeah a 2 week uh uh during the daytime uh from uh like 9 a.m. till five. I'm not sure if the exact times have been set uh for that yet, or nine to three. Um I think it is. There there is a a big component of that is uh teaching braille, but there's also a lot of daily living activities, teaching cane travel, uh doing activities throughout the uh summertime or doing activities throughout the community and uh, these will be uh, non-visually uh, taught, meaning that uh, sleep shades uh, will be uh, used in this program as well. Um, I know there hasn't been a lot out on it yet, is my understanding, because applications were still being in process. I think they are now uh, available um, Janae Bergmeyer, uh I believe is uh heading it up if people uh call me I- I'm happy to get you information I'm helping to coordinate the uh, components at the uh, because the classes will be held at the uh, department on there uh and I think that's good so that these uh kids I think they'll be ages uh think the age range is 6 to 13 or 14 on there and so that they'll have exposure to blind adults but I know there was a job announcement uh, going out to hire a coordinator for the program I think it will pay $2,500 for that period of time And I don't believe a decision has been made on that. I'm sorry, I'm vague on a lot of things because a lot of it was um, ideas and and waiting on some of the details, uh, components of that to get in place. And I was not on uh, the last conference call. I I, uh, have been on uh, some of them to see what's going on, and then uh, Janae has been... uh, contacting me but the department is offering the uh, uh, building and uh, providing some funding because it qualifies under the uh, what would be the pre-transition age services of that 15% of the uh, overall budget that has to be spent on uh, this uh, on the pre-employment transition services programming and um so yeah, Taliza, just contact me and I'd be happy to uh, give you Janae's information to get uh, more information for you on that.
12: Madam President, this is Michael Barber, if I may.
17: Yes, Mike.
12: Um, I know that um, <clears throat> that um, the um, we're still looking for a Braille teacher. Uh, we thought, I think, I think we thought we had one and then she couldn't uh, turn out she couldn't come or something. So we're still looking for somebody who would be interested in uh, teaching Braille. And if I remember right, I think, is that not a paid position as well?
17: My understanding is that there'll be one paid position of twenty five hundred dollars. Um, that was the last that I heard. Right. So again, and I think Janae would have. Uh, yeah, the I most think that's the teacher.
12: That's gonna. That's the paid position. So, um, and Janae, like you say, would have the information. But uh, so, if there's anybody here interested, uh, uh, that'd be really great.
0: I, I know about three or four grandmothers in here who want to paint cookies with kids and read Braille with them and travel around with them and, and do stuff. <laughs> we, 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 got those, we got those in this room, those, those grandmas who want to do stuff like that. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Sean. And, and we, we talked to you and Janae to express our interest, right? okay thank you thank you okay um carrie uh, that's is that that's it for you on your stuff okay i'm I'm sorry i'm all over the place thank you very much now i mean that's a lot of stuff you guys all right now who who's next from idb kim kim barber god you're down to four teachers now aren't you
7: Well, you can, sure. Sure. But
0: I was thinking that you guys, I'm hoping that you're able to do it.
7: Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that, too. So, first of all, I wanted to share some statistical information. Thank you, for, first of all, for inviting us to come. I appreciate that very much. Um, Last fiscal year, of course, was another busy year for our IELTS uh, program and I am pleased to share with you that the IL teachers served 663 clients. Of those, 45 were under the age of 55, and the balance, of course, were over the age of 55 or older. Um, Over half of those served were blind due to macular degeneration. Other age-related disabilities, that is besides blindness or severe vision loss, uh, included cardiovascular disease, strokes, hearing, hearing loss, um, cognitive impairments, that, that w- that's another one that we see um, on the rise, some of it due to strokes, um, and also uh, diabetes, to name a few. Uh, of those served, uh, the, when I say of those served, I'm talking about the 663. 450, uh, 455 were living in their own homes, so that's a good sign. 101 were living in uh, senior living retirement communities. Um, 51 were living in assisted living facilities, and 21 were living in a long-term care facility. Uh, We engaged in community awareness events and activities. Um, Those events and activities included vision loss resource fairs. Um, The Veterans Administration had some events that we participated in. Um, One of our IL teachers, Susan Howard, uh, and uh, VR counselor, uh, Victoria Coleman, uh, head that up each year and and attend, and we reach many, many veterans that way. Um, Also, this uh, uh, includes uh, speaking engagement. The IL program, uh, for these programs and uh, services, uh, related to community awareness events, Uh, cost the program $31,717. We do continue to support and provide community awareness events and activities. Uh, Yet today, we believe these strategies are um, effective in reaching uh, under and unserved population. Um, The entire IL team works diligently to build local uh, and community partnerships to help strengthen our efforts in serving our IL clients. Veterans administration Helen Keller Center uh, centers for independent living and many many more um, we continue to uh, build those relationships because they are important um, to the clients that we serve we do appreciate those um, partnerships very greatly and again our commitment is to continue to strengthen those relationships This last fiscal year, we held uh, three senior orientation training and and several community-based trainings across the state. All of these (coughs) training events were well attended. The client feedback was positive. In calls I received following the trainings, clients shared information and, I didn't know if that was me or not. Clients uh, shared information and training Uh, shared with me that the uh, teachers did an outstanding job, um, that these events are actually very life-changing for them. We are continuing to organize um, senior orientation and community-based trainings And going forward. Um, We believe that these trainings are an effective way of bringing individuals together um, to receive not only intensive training and learn about the positive philosophy of blindness, but also to learn from one another Think we all would agree, uh, agree that this helps them understand they're not alone in their journey uh, in November uh, 2015 um, I received a, I applied for and uh, through uh, feedback from the teachers and what our needs were received a $16,300 grant from the Hilker uh, Alma, uh, Alma Padretti Foundation based on recommendations, again, from the teachers and the rehabilitation uh, technology specialists, as well as Emily uh, Wharton, our technology director. We purchased several uh, devices and equipment, including a, a talking tactile uh, tablet, too. Um, I got, like, nine sonic boom clocks uh, with uh, telephone signal signalers and bed shakers. Each of the teachers got one for their kit. Um, we also received uh, focus uh, 14 brawl display magnifier magnifiers of various strengths pen friend twos um, I got the at nine Apple um, I Apple air iPad twos and nine Bookport DTs um, again the teachers received each of them received one we have some in our loaner pool um, that if teachers need to loan out or um uh, take for um, com, you know uh, different community uh, events uh, they can check those out. Um, let's see. Now we did have a couple thousand dollars left over uh, because of some cost savings that uh, Rich Cavalero was able to uh, pull off in getting all of that equipment ordered. We were able to save two thousand dollars and I just received, Approval from the foundation to spend it on additional equipment. So we will be buying a Mac uh, MacBook Air, a license of the uh, Dolphin Guide, and a Windows computer. All of which, again, will go into our loaner pool, um, so that clients and teachers can check them out. Um, the checkout period uh, for those of you who would, who might have an interest. Um, Not only for the iPads and iPhones, those are going to be used iPhones, that's going to be 90 days. We uh, canvassed the teachers and talked about it uh, long and hard, and we just felt that 30 days wasn't enough time for someone to have a piece of equipment in their hand. They needed it longer um, to be able to really uh, get a feel for it and uh, use it to make sure it's going to work for them. Uh, based, uh, based on the fact that slightly more than half of those that we served in the IL program uh, last fiscal year, um, they received uh, assistive technology services and training. I'm almost certain that we're likely going to see this continue to be a trend, and we really need to work on trying to get more equipment for the program. Um, as you all know very well h- what our budget is like, um, this is going to have to be efforts through grant writing, and so this is where I come to you. And as Carrie asked the big ask, I'm going to ask the big ask. And if anybody here is interested in helping me sit down and write some grants, identify grants um, that will um, assist us in purchasing more equipment for our loaner pool, um, I would be delighted to um, take you up on that offer. Finally, I want to share um, that um, every three years, the Iowa Statewide Independent Living Council and their Iowa Centers for Independent Living are required are required to do a uh, develop a statewide plan on how to strengthen and expand the network of centers uh, for independent living, um, which help to promote the philosophy of independent living, maximize leadership empowerment. And independence and productivity of individuals with disabilities they have put out an announcement um, public announcement I'm not sure if any of you have heard uh, yet about that um, the remaining meetings uh, they did cancel the one in Iowa City um, I I'm not sure why they did that but there are three meetings really uh, remaining where public input is highly encouraged um, those meetings will occur Um, In Oskaloosa at the South Central Iowa Independent Living Um, on Monday, April 25th from 1 to 3. um, The Iowa-Illinois Center for Independent Living will hold a public meeting at Davenport Milestones Area Agency on Aging. That's going to be Tuesday, April 26th from 2.30 to 4.30. And then Access to Independence of Eastern Iowa Corridor, um, they actually have Iowa City and Cedar Rapids, but they're going to be holding their public meeting um, at their office in Cedar Rapids, and it's going to be sponsored on Wednesday, April 27th from one to three. Now, um, earlier, Sip had mentioned about teachers for the IL program. I want to address that we currently have four teachers that are full-time. We have three substitute teachers right now. Uh, we received a transfer um, that was announced just a couple days ago, maybe. Ashley West, who was a former employment uh, employment specialist, is going to be um, covering the areas that uh, Viv used to cover and uh, part of Don Cruz's area. so um, so she will be starting on May 6th that's her official start date. So, that's five. so we will currently we have four and Ashley is transferring. We will be posting one position for Northwest Iowa for personal reasons. Um, Jessica Osborne um, is no longer with the department. So that position, we're just waiting for DAS to approve it, and then it'll be posted internally. And if there is no interest, it'll go external. I'll entertain questions if anyone has anything.
0: Questions, you guys? You know I'm not good with money. <laughs> this confuses me. This three hundred five thousand dollars stuff—it it really confuses me. And and I wanna i want to know what it is that I don't understand. Okay, um, probably four years ago. Let's see. This is. 16 probably 2013 there were maybe 93 staff at the department for the blind we had a very our, our budget was nothing like it is now i don't think i mean bruce can tell me if i'm right or wrong on that one we had more staff we were paying out more for staff we probably had very similar statistics in independent living and i think we were living in the budget what's the diff? where Where did the three hundred five thousand dollars go? I mean, I'm not saying and, and please, don't don't take this wrong. I'm not suggesting that there was anything illegal taken or anything like that. Please, no, don't, don't even go there. But what happened to that money? And I know, you know I, I asked Richard Sorry this uh, because he goes to the governor two years ago on December 9th 2014 and says to the governor thank you very much to the legislature and 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 to um, the governor this is the most wonderful budget president we've ever had and we won't be coming back and then all of a sudden <coughs> this past year hundred de- and three hundred and five thousand dollars in debt and a lot of its independent living so what's the deal
7: well, I can't comment to what Director Sorry said, but what I can tell you that I'm aware of, and I think Bruce can talk a little bit more from the budget perspective, but um, our teachers have been spending more time with our older and younger blind clients. Um, many of them, as I'm sure you've heard, repeatedly have um, secondary and tertiary disabilities. And I understand that. Um, teachers are spending more time in the field with clients making more visits. Um, also, we have realigned how teachers allocate their time. Uh, we did have a meeting with teachers. Uh, I can't give you an exact date, but we were informed at that meeting that um, their time, most, a lot of their time had been allocated um, with certain activities to the VR program. And those activities are really supposed to be allocated to the IL program. So we realigned how teachers And that's just our interpretation. We're not saying that interpretation prior to was wrong. We're not saying that at all. We're just saying that we interpret um, how this allocation, time allocation needs to be. And so teachers are allocating their time more now to the IL program versus VR. Now if they work with a VR client, yes, they're going to allocate their time to um, that particular client under that program. We also had several staff accommodations, and we are required under state law to provide reasonable accommodations, and so that drove some costs up there. Um, My my, uh, uh, professional uh, preference is when I have a blind staff member or a blind uh, uh, job candidate uh, competing with a sighted job candidate, and they're equally qualified, my preference is to hire the blind staff member. That's just my preference. I think our clients benefit from that. Those blind, client, or those blind staff require accommodations, and so we did have to make some reasonable accommodations for those staff um, that I had hired. Um, in addition, I'm sure this is not a surprise to all of you, but um, annual staff raises are automatic, under the ASME contract and I'm, I can't give you exact numbers Bruce can give that to you but I think that with their cost of living increase and their automatic raise it probably totaled around 8% for each staff member. is that right Bruce about 8% and that's a projection for next year what was it this past year do you remember okay so we have that going on as well. And then, of course, the travel time costs. Now, I've, I've been busy working in the field with the teachers and uh, working with clients directly providing direct services. So I haven't had time to do an analysis of this uh, recently. But the last analysis I run, um, a teacher can spend at least one week out of the month on the road and so there are costs related to being on the road and things increase i mean you have your hotel costs you have your meal costs you have if they're taking uh, their drivers with them we have to cover their hotels and the driver's meals. so there's a lot of things so it's a great question um and i know that um it's a concern of mine and i've expressed to uh, bruce and director sorry about the concern and trying to make sure we can live within our means Everybody has to live within their means, and we're looking at different ways to try to control those costs. Up. Oh, there's. So
0: this is what I'm, I'm hearing you say, that you're paying more money now for travel for blind teachers and a reasonable accommodation, and that they're working longer hours because I was thinking they could only work 40.
7: There, wa- there was a time when I was having to pay um, some staff overtime um, until at, uh, during uh, senior orientation because we were providing overnight staffing and we've resolved that and the um, orientation. Okay. okay. Yeah, got that.
0: Now, we've always done uh, reasonable accommodation for many blind people who've worked at the agency, so that. Nixes is that so it seems to me that um, it's it's how how you're looking at a client, whether they're independent living now or
7: voc rehab is, is that right I, I I'm still trying to figure it out um, y- Yes, I mean that's the primary reason that I shared with you earlier. Um, the other thing is is it's uh, not necessarily only blind staff that ask for the accommodation so. Um, I think we have to think of it broader I have to look at any sort of personnel matter that comes in and I'm required to address it so when an accommodation is sent in and we're we're required to look at that and provide accommodations and I did have uh, by the way three staff members at the time and also the two substitute staff teachers are blind and they're being provided accommodations as well so We've actually got we actually have more blind staff on board this last year and this year than we did the prior. so there would be more costs added there. but the primary reason is we did reallocate uh, how teachers are billing their time to the programs.
0: Do we have other questions related to this and and, and do you think that that's pretty much the most? Significant thing, Kim, about how they bill. Uh,
7: you mean for for
0: them. yeah allocating the funding? That that's, that's the biggest reason for well, um, raising uh, or needing three hundred five thousand dollars.
7: You know, it, it, I I don't have anything to compare it to. That's I mean this is the first time we're looking at this, and I'm talking with Bruce about um, you know the different. Uh, Uh, cost issues, and that is, I think, uh, one of the larger reasons is because Mm -hmm. they are actually attributing um, some of their, more of their time to IL, older, blind, or younger versus VR. So for example, let me just give you an example. When a client has an IL plan, historically, this is what it was told to us, that once an IL plan is developed, If a client's objective was to learn how to use the book player, which is a VR program, right? The teacher would allocate their time to VR. So if they spent an entire hour discussing library services and how to use the book player and how to navigate, that teacher would allocate that hour to VR. Well, that's a plan. That's under an IL plan. And so we ask the teachers to bill accordingly. So if it's someone younger or older, they're going to bill that under IL and not VR. Does that help to explain the shift? And again, I want to say that we're going based off of information that was provided to us and just trying to realign how we define and how we define things should be built. Okay. We're not saying that it was done wrong before. We're just simply saying this is how we would want it done and going forward.
0: Questions related to this, anybody? Huh? Okay.
7: So, so Joe, what are you troubled about? Can we talk about that? Okay. Oh, All right. I'm sorry. I'm
0: sorry. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Lot of issues going on, yeah. Other comments? I think I kind of understand it a little better, I, I huh? A question. Yeah.
5: to the right? Okay. Um, When was it the last time that the state funded salary increases and you didn't have to absorb them within your budget? So if if you're talking an 8% per year increase in absorbing salaries, how much of over... Five years, eight percent compounded um, is well over forty percent. So, how much of the lost productivity or lost available productivity can be attributed to just that fact? And and I it, and I don't think it's just. Obviously, it's not just the IDB. It's entire state agencies that are going through the same sort of. Mechanization yeah. as to how to provide additional services um, with restricted funds because years ago, as I understand it, the state actually made a separate appropriation for salary increases over mm-hmm. and above the That's appropriations right. for the operations. So uh, I I know that you've had to do a lot of recalculations, but how much of your budget... And, and this kind of rhetorical question, but how much of your budgeting is uh, is restricted by the absorption that you've had to do with salaries, salary increases? Bruce, could you? Are,
0: are, are we done here, or would you
7: like me to? No, you're you're, you're fine. You. I think I
0: don't. I don't think any. any nobody else want to say anything, but. Uh, Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bruce, did you want to come up
6: and address that? Or Thank you, Kim. I understand it's a rhetorical question, and it's one I don't really have an answer for, but it would be it would be substantial. You're quite right that at one time state government made what was called a salary adjustment appropriation to cover the cost of pay raises. They stopped doing that several years ago. I've lost track of how long it's been, but maybe seven or eight years, maybe longer. But that's true. Um, it's uh, up on the department's website now. But uh, if you haven't heard, there's a commission meeting scheduled for May seventh, which is a Saturday at ten a.m. And as uh, as it stands right now, the agenda would call for a discussion of the future direction of the Department for the Blind. The appropriation bill is back in the Senate uh, today, anyway. Or at least it was, unless the Senate acted on it. The, uh, The Senate passed it once already, and the House passed it yesterday with amendments that did actually increase funding in certain areas. None of them affected the Department for the Blind, but it goes back to the Senate to deal with the amended version of the bill as passed by the House. It would give the department a status quo budget or the same funding for fiscal year 2017 as for 2016, which is the current year. So it's a status quo budget next year, it looks like. It's pretty safe to say. It's pretty much the same story with the federal grants we administer um, the Supported Employment Grant for this year, the Older Blind Grant, the Independent Living Grant are all uh, status quo budgets for the current year. I'm not looking for much change next year for those either. The Basic Support Grant or the Basic VR Grant, the big one that finances the majority of the department's operations, will come in about 10000 less this year when the money is finally all distributed this summer. Uh, the final 15% of it is due to be released in July. And I would look for it to be at about 10000 less than last year. Uh, sorry about the voice. It's uh, I'm up here last because I thought maybe I could get my voice back. But it hasn't worked. <laughs> so anyway, uh, some of the challenges that we'll have this year and it will be the pay raise issue, uh, there are two across-the-board increases scheduled—a two and a quarter percent increase across the board on July, and uh, a one and a quarter percent increase scheduled for January. If that's applied to all employees, as it usually is, that will cost at least $136,000 to implement, with no increase in the budget. Uh there are employees who will get an additional 4.5% raise on top of that because they're not at the top of their salary range. So some employees will get an 8% raise this year starting July 1st. And uh, we'll have to absorb all of that. I suspect that the total tab on that will be closer to 200000 than $136,000 when you add in the 4.5% raise. There's... Uh, A contract with the uh, Department of Education, State Department of Education, for uh, operating the Instructional material Center in the library for $805,000 this year, ending June 30. There is significant doubt, or at least some healthy doubt, that that will be sufficient to cover the needs that we'll have. So we'll have that challenge possibly to face. And then you overlay that with the whole 15% for... Pre employment transition services that is now required by federal law, and you have a set of real challenges. Um, I think the 15% requirement for pre employment transition services, at least in my humble opinion, will uh, bring some real change to the department, and it won't all be good change. Uh, Delighted for the opportunity to serve kids, but uh, the requirement to spend 15% is going to uh, affect other areas of the department's budget in ways we'd rather not, I think, in times to come. And I, I have to think that unless we comply with it, the final regs aren't out on it yet, but they'll, we're promised that they will be this summer. Uh, we've heard that before. Uh, uh, when the final regs are out, it's game on for compliance. And if, if we don't comply, I'm concerned that we'll start... To lose money out of the federal grant, the finance is the majority of what the department does. That's my that's my overall arching concern about uh, the requirement for pre-employment transition services. So, uh, sorry, Director. Sorry, I couldn't be here tonight. So we're all here in his stead. But uh, I'd field questions if there are any.
10: Yes, I, I just feel the need to comment that um, as a previous ma- manager uh, with, I think I had 30 of the lowest paid employees, that's the way of libraries, but um, I've, I've heard it said that uh, in some meetings people are kind of laying the blame on the contract and on these employees getting this audacious raise Um, And I'd just like to point out that the employees are the programs. And if you don't pay them well, you don't retain them, you don't keep the good ones, uh, and we're either taking responsibility for serving the persons, or if uh, we're going to be a tremendously fiscally conservative government, then we should let go of the responsibilities that we cannot fulfill. So let's either do it well or not do it. I'm, I'm getting to that point. So I don't know if um, I can hardly handle a commission meeting, but I may come <laughs> because I, I am concerned about the 65% plus who are over the age of 65, my age. So um, it is it's a concern.
0: Other questions? Comments? I,
9: I have. Okay. The future direction of the Department for the Blind, that's that's a broad uh, subject heading. I'm wondering, what are we going to be talking about? Budget or I listened to some of the uh, last commission meeting when we were talking about who the agency is going to serve and if the agency is going to serve only blind people whose primary disability is blindness and there are no co-disabilities? Is that the topic? Because I have a lot of concerns about that.
6: I won't have control over the topics necessarily, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of them. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a broad topic to discuss the future of the department. Um, so, there could be a lot of topics on the table that day. Come
13: to the microphone, Matt. I would like to know why Mr. Ford is not here tonight. Matt? Hey, here, it's it's right here, Matt.
10: I would like to know where Mr. Story is tonight.
0: I, why is he not here? I do know, Matt. Sticking up for his employees. On, and I'm not, I, I just want you to know that he's at NCSAB, which is National Council on State Agencies for the Blind. Is that right, Bruce? That's what he said to us in, when he said his, his um, he was going to appoint people to come tonight. So that's okay. why. And Fair enough. I was,
4: I was curious.
0: Yeah. No, and I, I understand that. I would have probably asked the same question if I
13: didn't know. Hi, this is Mike. Mike. I just wanted to, and I guess this is probably preaching to the choir, but I just want to remind people what happened about twenty, two years ago, and I was, I'm embarrassed to say that I was part of the, the movement at the time, or twenty four years ago, whatever, whatever year it was that the. Um, Title seven within independent living changed. I was working for an independent living center then, so I guess it was twenty four years ago anyway and um, all of a sudden we the 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 people that the department had been able to serve pretty much um, at will because we had funding um, to do so um, were all of a sudden it was you know we were not no longer allowed to be what was at that time called a Center for independent living because that those funds were to be set aside for non residential non-profits and they had to serve people with all kinds of disabilities so all of a sudden you know we had this money that the center said no that didn't belong to the department and the department um, shouldn't be serving those and we're going to take the money away and all of a sudden um, this many of the clients that we had served even back to the time when i worked as an il teacher were no longer able to be served through the department, um, and so it didn 't take very darn long for um, agent the the little independent living centers realize that they didn't have the expertise they didn't know what to how to serve blind folks and all of a sudden, Becky started getting phone calls from these centers and say, "Can you help our folks and it was you know I mean, God bless the department back then that that did you know you didn't want to let blind people sit but just when we start thinking about, you know, just not serving that population, there's, no, there's nobody out there that can do that. that that's, that, you know, we, we, we learned that lesson. And unfortunately, I learned the lesson from being on, kind of on the wrong side of it for a while. And like I said, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I just I feel so passionately about that that I just had to get up and, and share that reminder.
0: Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you for that. Other questions for Bruce or somebody coming to the microphone?
10: Okay. I was just going to make a suggestion, Bruce, that for the May 7th meeting, you get a larger room, not the director's conference room, maybe the assembly room. Seriously.
0: We know Catherine's coming. I'll be there too, unless some my artery clogs up more. Um, are, do we have other questions? Well, we have a hospitality uh, not not just a, minute, just a minute. We have a hospitality room after our meeting. Uh, IDB staff. You would be welcome to come and mingle if you'd like, um, or whatever, you know. So, I mean, it's 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 entirely up to you, and um, I think, you know, even though we have some differences on some things, we, we need to talk about them, and we need to be able to acknowledge our differences and see if we can repair them in any way we possibly can. But hospitality is... You know, you've come tonight, so thank you. Um, here, let's give a hand. Mm-hmm. Hospitality is going to be in the Missouri room. Yes. It's so across the hall and down a little bit. And next we have. Next we have. Um, is it Marilyn Garby? Come on, Marilyn. Yes, Friends of the Library? No, 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 Marilyn. You're going to come here to the microphone. First. No, you have to come around here. No. Yes.
6: Well, then go right
0: ahead. Marilyn, you can have I'm, the first the first Marilyn, thing. Marilyn, listen. Marilyn Yes. Are you comfortable with your microphone? I am. I'm comfortable with my microphone. Like you can all hear me, right? Introduce Marilyn Garby, who is. What, what's your? Are you? I'm the vice president. You're the vice president. Yeah. They of president only of the send library. the
18: vice. They only send the vice. Okay. Okay. Okay, Marilyn. I, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you all to stand up, please, because you have been sitting way too long. Stand up. Way everybody. too long. Okay. So please stand. So please stand and now repeat after me. Joe's not standing yet.
14: <laughs>
18: oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on.
11: Yeah. Well
18: This is the 14th inning stretch, I'm sure of it. Okay, I want you to repeat after me. It's great. It's great to be among friends. Among friends. Yes. Okay, now those of you who are a, fr- a member of the Friends, please remain okay. standing and everybody else sit down. Rooms. Oh, yeah. Okay, so so you all know why I'm here.
0: Yes, and I've got it right here.
18: You all know why I'm here. Look around and see who's still standing, okay? And realize that that's your friend and you want to be among those friends and you want to be a member of the friends? Can
14: okay. I
18: stand now? You <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you want to help pass? <laughs> okay. So, sure so was going to help me pass out. Uh, now, what are you going to tell us about the friends of the I library? I'm going to tell you a whole lot, but I'm going to make it really short and sweet because okay. you guys have you guys have had, you can sit down. Don't let them sit down, Marilyn. <laughs> They're too lazy. <laughs> okay. Um, this has been a... Ba- you, you can sit down. This has been a banner year for the Friends. I had the privilege this afternoon of delivering a check to Sarah, who is passing applications and, and envelopes around to people d- to become members of the Friends. Um, I had the privilege this afternoon of delivering a check to Sarah for $10,700. Yes. We gave her a check earlier... For $300, we have historically in the last eight years given $10,000 a year. This year we gave $11,000 a year.
0: Wow. Okay, that's good.
18: And we're very excited about that. We're excited because there's a number of ways that we are trying to let you help us help the library. And those ways are not only memberships, which are are what we're talking about now, but they are very simple things, things that you can do every day to begin with. Anybody here use Amazon.com? Okay. Go to Smile.Amazon. It has exactly the same stuff that you can get on at Amazon.com. But at Smile.Amazon, you choose the Friends of the Iowa Library for the Blind and Physically Handicapped as the charity. That is their charitable arm. You choose us. We get a percentage of anything and everything you buy after, after that on Smile.Amazon. You only have to choose us once, and anything you buy afterwards through Amazon comes to us. Okay. So we get a percentage of whatever you buy. Sure. So that gives us a little bit more in our budget each month. I, it's every three months, I believe, we get a check from Amazon. Okay, that's step one that you can do. Step two, anybody like to go to a restaurant, a really nice restaurant every now and then? All right. You, anybody ever been to Smoky Row in Des Moines here? Or in Pella or Oskaloosa or Pleasantville? We, smell, we sell gift cards from Smokey Row. They're $10. They're t- you, you give us $10, you get $10 worth of good food at Smoky Row. You can buy those gift cards at the AIDS and Devices store at, at the department. Smokey Row gives us $3 of every $10 you spend. That's an excellent return. We couldn't ask for better. So whenever you're in the department, stop at the Aids and Devices store, pick a couple gift cards, take your wife out to eat at Smokey Row, go to lunch there if you're working in the downtown area or if you're in Pella and Oskaloosa or Pleasantville or any of those other towns. Okay, they all have Smoky Rows. Another way you can you can help us out, been spring, spring cleaning those closets, finding things that... Um, Maybe you don't, they don't fit you anymore, but they still are, are in good shape, or you've got some knickknacks that have been sitting around forever that you really think you'd like to clean out or, or turn, do something else with. We have accounts at all the stuff, et cetera, stores in the state of Iowa. There's one in Ankeny, one in Iowa City, one in Coralville, one in Davenport, one in Cedar Rapids, one in Waterloo. You take your stuff that's clean, good condition, but you don't need it anymore. You take it to a stuff store and you say, I want this to go towards the Friends of the Iowa Library for the blind and physically handicapped. They give us 50% of the profit. Whatever they sell that you bring in. We're getting checks from them on a fairly regular basis. We've already made over almost $600 just from what people have donated to the stuff store. Okay? So those are all easy things that you can do, right? Finally, there's one more thing coming up here May 3rd. I know you've been in in churches where they pass the hat, right? Okay, well, this is the new way of passing the the hat. It's called crowdfunding. That means that people who are on the web or who use computers or who have a a phone that allows them to connect to the Internet, you go to a site. This was in the Des Moines Register yesterday morning. uh, You go to a site called givelocaldsm.org give localdsm.org on May 3rd. And on May 3rd, it's a, is a crowdfunding date throughout all of um, Iowa to fund for nonprofit organizations. We've applied and and are one of the nonprofit organizations that'll be part of this crowdfunding. If you um, go on the web that day and go to the, that location, Give givelocaldsm.org. Choose us. A ten, they require a $10 or more donation, and the, that money will come then directly to us. So there's there's all kinds of simple ways that you can help us help the library. And Sarah will tell you that she really... Enjoys putting a wish list together every year. I Uh, I know she's enjoying the 3D printer. I know she's enjoying the embossing embosser and the the pen that the doodler. Um, We want to do whatever we can do. The cartridges that we supply, the the extra money that we supply for the early literacy literacy program. This. We've always funded the summer reading programs and the Braille Challenge and all of those other kinds of things. We want to be there for you, and I know you want to be there for your friends. Be among friends. Buy a T-shirt. That's one other thing you can do. We have T-shirts that say, Be Among Friends. That's where we want to be. Thank Thank you. you.
0: Thank you very much, Marilyn. Do
18: you have a question?
5: Okay, one question. Um, the library is the library for the blind and physically handicapped. Yes. Are there similar outreaches to this to physically handicapped organizations? Are, they, are we not only for fundraising but also awareness of the availability of the library? Who wants to answer that?
18: It's more of a Sarah
5: question. And I missed it. I'm sorry. He's asking about physically handicapped. Yeah. Are there outreach efforts to organizations that serve physically handicapped to make them aware of the library as well as their opportunity to support the friends group? Yes. And, we'll,
8: and I should have said earlier, we'll talk to anybody and everybody. So if there's groups out there that want to hear from us, let me know. Um, for example, I just spoke to the um, uh, chapter, the Iowa M International I'm going to get their name wrong, dyslexia um, group. Um, so we're reaching out to to those as well. So um, anytime, um, if there's groups out there we should reach out to, let me know. Thank you, Sarah. Anything else, guys? I do have a quick
13: question. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> oh, cool. Wow. Um, I'm wondering if, kind of on a similar question to Don, actually, um, I didn't know, for instance, that, uh, about the stuff What is it? I live in Davenport, and I I don't think I've ever heard of the Stuff store, so I have to go investigate it now. But um, have you ever, I mean, uh, it's great that you're tapping into Des Moines, and has has there ever been any effort like to, whether it's Davenport or Iowa City or whatever, to maybe, you know, host events? And I know I don't want to, I'm sure you'll say, well, go ahead and organize it. But seriously, I mean, (laughs) has there ever been an effort to kind of reach out to other parts of the state and establish some sort of a presence through you know I mean not just an awareness at a group but like having a a function or something like that because I'm sure you know I have a good friend for instance at home that's a retired librarian and I'm sure would be able to you know plug us into some people but I'm just guessing other parts of the state might like to get in on the fun too so I just wondered if if you've done that or that would be something you'd be open to doing in the future
18: I, I will say that we have attempted to contact the various support groups the low vision support groups around the state and to get their support in doing one particular thing and that is with the function of the stuff store to help people who physically would have a difficulty of getting items to the stuff store to be there on a list of volunteers if you go to our website in fact there's a page that asks for volunteers to help move stuff from, one, from a, a home, for example, to, to the store, etc. Um, so, yes, we have tried to reach out to people not only just in the Des Moines area, but around the state. We've also been even looking for board members from other places other than the Des Moines area, because we certainly would like to see that happen.
0: Thank you, Marilyn. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's the end of the questions. And Marilyn, you're taking 20 bucks, I expect, right?
18: i am all take, yeah.
0: Okay, and so now we have Mary Frances Evans from Iris. Our... Thank, you. I'll grab this mic Thank you, Mary Frances.
3: Thank you so much.
0: Well, it is
3: 9.54.
0: We have more business.
3: And you've been on your behinds? for over two hours, and so I'm going to go very, very fast. Um, and also, my children are in the back, and I am the worst mother ever, and I think I'm going to have to buy them, you know, like, pizzas on the way home, because we haven't had dinner. Um, yeah, there was a hot dog at Quick Trip, but please don't judge me. <laughs> oh. I, uh, I am so grateful that you invite me each year. I'm so grateful to call so many of you friends. I have to say, sitting in the back of the room listening on a personal level, it's really, really hard. Um, Now that you are my friends and people I care about, it's really, really hard for me to observe what's going on at the department, what's going on in your lives, what's going on um, to the history of your lives for so many of you that have spent so much of your lives with that organization, and to see the turmoil and the struggle and the, fizz, the 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 cracks and the hurt. It's also hard for me to sit in the back of the room and watch these folks who gave up their Friday night to come be with you, even though the director could not. To sit there and and be ready to take your heat. So I think um, I just want to say a word for their bravery because it's in the mo- for the most part it's not them making the decisions, but they sit here and and, and answer. So from where I sit. Um, we have a lot of growth to do we have a lot of peace to make we have a lot of progress and answers and a lot that needs to be done so i'm planning on being at that meeting and um anyway that said um i was going to tell you about all the cool fundraising things that iris can do but Marilyn sucked them all up <laughs> that's another thing that personally is really hard um, it, it, it's crazy to me that both Maryland and I have to get 0.05% of your $20 amazon.com purchase to fund the programs that we do. It makes me mad that we have to compete. It makes me even madder that our state government has to write grants to do what my tax dollars that I believe came out of my tiny paycheck should be doing. And I thought they were end of political rant. Anyway, um, I'm just going to go very, very fast. We've done some big things. We have a team in Dubuque reading five days a week for the very first time in our 27-year history. Yay. They're reading yeah we're very I'll tell you, that's been a big one to push up the hill um, it, At this moment, it is a team of all it, I have one gentleman retired farmer, I have one gentleman Uber driver who's also a retire, he was a retired teacher, and a bunch of nuns. But they are getting it done in Dubuque. And it's really fun because most of them are not computer literate. So when I think of some of our new listeners um, trying to teach them how to use our website or your stuff, um, we took a step back when we went to Dubuque because they don't have email or anything. So I have to go through a third party to communicate with them about their schedules. So it it gets very, very computer illiterate when you step into... Uh, some of the nuns retirement homes in Dubuque but they're doing it when we started this uh, reader team two weeks ago when we met for the first time to get going um, one of them happens to be a former Sioux City reader an iris reader so that was super cool so she was able to kind of help teach the others another one sister Marge came from St. Louis retired to Dubuque and she read for Mind's Eye um, yes Mind's Eye in St. Louis for many years before she retired came to Dubuque and now we started so she's with us so the Dubuque thing is a really big deal. Another big deal that happened is um, we had a little little get-together last week. And I cannot thank uh, the organizational piece and the individuals of ICUP enough. Um, to my horror, people liked it and want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> see how you are? Um I, <laughs> I believe what we did was we had a big band dance party. We hired a 17-piece big band. We got a room at Prairie Meadows. It is the cheapest place to do something like this. We had a bad chicken dinner, a big band with big speakers, and we had a blast. Um but it, it is the the only place to do it in town. Um we I money is still coming in. Thank you Donna Seliger. We're good. Um Money is still coming in. Basically, we had kind of a Dancing with the Stars competition where some of the people that competed uh, are some of your iCub members. Uh, Joe Slayton killed it with a super cute hot boy who's a a professional dancer with Des Moines Ballroom. Um, Catherine Witte, Mike Honig, took it out there for the Rumba with a tux on. Yes, he had a tux on. There were so many faces in you guys. It was so much fun and so much work. And I'm so frightened and excited that we probably will have to do it again because I believe we've hit on a, an event that's unique to what we do and that also serves and includes our listeners, our volunteers, um, and then the rich people. We had three tables of rich people, um, sponsors. It's one thing to get a sponsor and it's, it's another to get them to come. Um we had a table full of principal, a table full of bankers' trust, a table full of Kemen Industries. And they'll all be back. And again, sadly they all said can't wait. <laughs> so we're looking toward maybe fall of twenty seventeen, so I won't be bothering you anytime soon. And um those who would like to do a little bit of dancing with some um lovelies from Des Moines Ballroom, let me know we'll get you started early. Um what else norma I co- or, or, or iris highlights we're still here that's the biggest news I can tell you um, oh our audio description season kicked it this year. Um, it only works because you're going um, and you are going and the the duties Marcy and Dan Duty go to almost everything we do oh. and um, it's really really cool uh Rebecca lounsbury mm-hmm. uh, she did we we got free free tickets to Peter Pan, the the, well, Sister Act. You loved Sister Act. Um, Peter Pan, the ballet, and I had the description on it. I did not know that Rebecca had a uh, ballet background. I introduced her to the artistic director of the whole ballet thing out in the lobby, and those two and sat and talked. And she heard the the feet hitting the, the stage, and those two talked to ballet. And I just described the stupid show, and I didn't know what they were talking about because they were in their own little thing. So that program has really been so tremendous and enriching for us as well as for you. My volunteers are having a blast, and I'll just say Hamilton 2017. Um, I think we're going to have to describe more than one show for that. Um, We have uh, You Can't Take It With You coming up the Playhouse. We have... um, Book of Mormon coming up at the Civic Center. We also do something that you guys aren't really involved with. You've talked about kids a little bit tonight. We do every Friday Fun Day, where they bring little itty bitty ones, zero to six, to the Playhouse, and they do like a little forty-five minute fairy tale. Cool. We oh, do that. The, cool. We all we they have three performances, like nine, ten, and one. We do the ten o'clock program. We have a gang of folks from mainstream living in Ames who bring a bus down. Um, they are not visually impaired, but they are cognitively impaired and they come in and they put their headset on and we have a great team of volunteers that does the, the, the audio description is much, much different for a group like that. Um, for audio description for Broadway, you bought a ticket. I'm trying to stay out of your head as much as possible and let you feel and hear the music. Um, for, for the kids, we do it. We're much, much, much more supportive. Like, what does the witch have in her hand and all the little kids yell an apple what does she want snow white to do eat it you know so we're really supporting the story but audio description again has been extremely successful very proud of it um next on to the social club i think it's time for them to do it and also um bravo des moines does all the art stuff bravo des moines doesn't let me apply for a grant they told me to quit applying because i'm not an arts organization And so I called Christine Hensley, who is the (laughs) – you like this, Deb? She's the incoming president of the whole group, and she drops into Iris. I'm not going to tell you how to vote, but here's a city council person who will text me and say, can I come by, and she'll drop into Iris and slide in and read, and I never – she doesn't want me to say, and here's city councilwoman Chris Hensley taking the mic. She doesn't want to say. She's just like, here's Chris. She's a regular volunteer not a VIP. But I called her and said, who do I have to kill to become eligible for one of these grants from Bravo Des Moines? And she said, I hear you. I get it. We're re-looking at it, and you are absolutely on my radar because I don't understand why you wouldn't be considered an arts organization either. Um, what else, Norma? Okay. Well, I
0: can think of one thing yes, before ma'am. you close. And that is we're going to have this archived yeah our, our convention and hopefully you'll be playing it on iris radio and yes. maybe we can do some outreach with you guys yes. this year yes we want to so partner thank you
3: mary frances yeah we want to partner with you whatever way we can thank you for your um, report i'm not done oh all right now you just now you just got me started uh, speaking of archive we just did a we just uh, finished a major transition with our automation system computers can be very hard and we don't have a staff. We have two people. So we've been, we have to do it in between doing everything else that we do. Um, I do have a guy at Drake. I can pay him a steak dinner if I get deep, deep, deep in the weeds. And I've done it once. But it's taken longer than we expected. And also with this, I cannot be down. I can't shut Iris off. So we switched over to our automation system. We were down for seven minutes. Um, and it was only because I bumped something and unplugged it, Um, and then it took me seven minutes to figure out what the... I had unplugged. And then when I found it, I plugged it right back in, and we were back up again. The second piece is our podcast page. Right now, you can only click to listen to our live Des Moines stream. Um, We are paying for... We are outsourcing our podcasting. So now that the big band bash is over, uh, we'll be able to really turn our attention to tightening up our program schedule and getting our podcast page up to speed where you will once be able again be able to download midweek shopping cart city view stuff from the ICub convention whatever it might be um, that's our next priority. Um, we I think we made eighteen thousand dollars at the big band bash. This is all preliminary. We spent about seven with the room and the band and a couple other things. I think we're almost done with the expenses couple things are left to go for example kevin and molly cooney hosted the evening um we buy i get them a 50 dollars gift certificate at a restaurant so a couple more thank you gifts like that um are still pending but that i think we're about eleven thousand dollars that you brought in um a lot of icub people made it possible for us to have that that's about one month of iris services because our burn rate is about ten to eleven thousand dollars a month so i thank you for that um, and finally, because this is on ACB, um, I'll be attending the IAAIS, International Association of Audio Information Services, Good. conference in June in Princeton, New Jersey. Um, if all goes well, and it looks like it, um, Marjorie from Mind's Eye will become president and I'll be vice president of the National Board of Directors. Good. Um, You know, no one else ran, (laughs) but should something untoward happen, um, we'll be doing that. When we are, and then uh, two weeks later, we are in June. Marjorie and I both are are in Washington, D.C. for the M-Enabling Summit that talks about um, mobile devices and upcoming technologies for people who are seniors and or disabled, and it's really fascinating. And we go to the conference and we man a display and talk about what audio information services do. But most importantly, we spend two full days hitting every senator's office we can get. Um, And again, this year I have a a face-to-face at the FCC where I will continue to tell them that our copyright law is stupid and we should be on cable. Um, And I will once again chase the man from Comcast, um, a blind gentleman who is in charge of community something, um, I've been able to, he's been able to get away from me when he hears me coming. Um, But last year I got him and said, it's time for you guys to put us on cable Um, because so many of our listeners have it. So many of our potential listeners need it. Anyway, um, on the national level, I'll close with this very, very quickly. A couple weeks ago, I got 74 radios from the North Dakota service that went under about two years ago. These are the victories, baby. These are nice wooden radios. They are only for the Fort Dodge and Cedar Falls um, um, frequencies, but still, they were free. They're victories. I, I, I take them. I'm very, very happy because they're about $138 a piece. I'm very, very sad because North Dakota no longer has a service. I'm super bummed because Wisconsin is here and you don't have a service. You don't have an audio information service like us. Um, Manhattan is, is, if not totally silent, they're very close to silent. Uh, that's the old InTouch, and they tried to restart it. It's something called GateWave, and they're still trying. I don't. We're helping all that we can, but I don't know how that's going to go. And lastly, Illinois. Illinois has 11 reading services, something like that. Some are itsy-bitsy um the illinois budget is so much worse than anything we could create here in iowa and folks are losing their jobs and services are going down and the thing is if we know a service is going under the rest of us on the board try to figure out a way to kind of put a band-aid on it and help them for a little while um if these go if these go they're not coming back and that's ridiculous they're just not getting funded um iris has an annual budget of $143,249, $143,249. Um, we get about 29000 from the Iowa Department for the Blind through a contract that they are also then reimbursed through a federal contract. So it doesn't, we don't come out of that money that you guys were talking about. But um, I count my blessings because of you guys, because you support Iris, because you're my friends. Um because a bunch of you looked so beautiful last Thursday night. It was just wrong how dolled up everyone was and how horrible I looked. Um, because when you put these things together, you're the frazzled one. Um, I count my blessings because we're in Iowa. We're a standalone nonprofit organization that, yeah, Marilyn took all my money from amazon.com. And what was the other thing? I don't know about the stuff at store, but there was something else you were doing Yeah, thanks. I can't do give local Des Moines now. Thanks, Marilyn. But um, I'll do it on the next round because I don't want you guys to have to compete. But um, we count our blessings a lot. I count my blessings even for these poor people that were sitting up here from the department just knowing it was highly possible they could get yelled at tonight. Um, I think their bravery is something to celebrate. Um, but mostly I count my blessings because Iris is here. We're doing fine. Uh, we'll keep growing i'll keep it short never hesitate to contact me if there's anything you want to hear see or do with us um we were going to do our meals from the heartland thing but you guys stole it so we'll wait a few months and then (laughs) do it again when we take a bunch of readers are you still doing that the meals from the heartland i don't know okay well oh (laughs) maybe you didn't steal it um But I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. We don't have anything else cooking at Iris until our ice cream social in August, um, unless we decide to do a weenie roast, which I'll let you know in June. So thank Thank you you. so much.
0: Thank you.
3: questions?
0: We have two two more pieces of business to do before hospitality. Number one, Joe Slayton. It is my job to appoint a nominating committee chair, and I've asked Joe Slayton to be that. We have um, all of our officer positions, and four board positions are up for election this year. And Joe, could you come up to a microphone and work on this? Uh, We need to to elect and select five people to serve on this nominating committee.
14: Huh? I gotta have my slate to write. I can... Oh, do you want me to do that? Yeah, just uh oh. I think we need five we need five members. Right uh,
0: so. and the floor is now open for nominations.
14: I cannot vote as the chair. Right. I'm just kinda spearheaded, so
0: We've got Norma. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to say
12: <laughs> Are you here, yeah,
0: let's see,
14: yeah. let's see if we get Okay. Just, <laughs> just not just Don and who else? Can I nominate? I guess I nominate um uh Violet. Violet Haverland has been nominated. That's Oh. I nominate Beck I nominate Becky Dunkerson Becky Come on folks Becky
0: How many more do we need? Any other nominations? I think we have four
15: I'd like to uh, I'd like to nominate Mike Honig please
0: Mike connick has been nominated to serve on the Nominations Committee. i yeah. yeah. okay. huh? Can you nominate
1: Vivian? I think you've got five. You've got Dan. No, I
14: don't. You've got Don. Yes. You've got Dan. No, yeah. Dan's not going to do it. Oh, Don, Norma, and Becky. Mike.
0: And, and Mike. And we need one more. We need one more one more person to serve. Oh,
10: okay. Okay. Why can't she?
0: No, she can't. Oh, she's she's going to be elected. It, no, she can still. Yeah, she can she can serve. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
14: Anybody. Anybody else from the floor, or can we move that nomination cease? Move
0: that nomination cease. Anybody? Catherine?
14: How about Donna Seliger? Donna? Donna? How about nominating Donna Seliger if Catherine isn't in the room? What's going on? No.
0: Donna's been nominated. Anybody move that nomination? Cease. Thank you, Jim. Yes. Yeah. I'll try. I'll
10: try. Okay. One-handed.
14: Donna, Norma, Becky Dunkerson, uh, Mike, and and Don, uh, Don Worth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Donna and Don, <laughs> kind of mix that's it up here. That's five. Okay.
0: So all in favor? Do we we vote on this, right? Yes. All in favor of those people serving on the nominations committee as a full slate vote by acclamation? I guess that that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Aye. Anybody oppose? Okay. That and and you guys are meeting tonight. Where, Joe? Um. How about 117. Okay, and that's. No, no, no. Just we always go long on Friday night when we have this Not stuff. Not this long. Oh, line. yeah, we did last year, and then then. Now, there's one other thing. There's one other thing, guys, and that is um, we have uh, this year our audit committee. I have named as Jim Witte, Dan Tiggis, and Kevin Slayton, and they will be giving a report on Sunday morning. Now, I want to remind people about hospitality. It's going to be open over in the Missouri Room this year. It's not in the same place (laughs) as it was last year, and... There it will be a container on the table for people to put money in, you know. What? Oh, and put this back. I'd say we are ready to adjourn. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Woo. Sorry. Huh? Door prize. I'm sorry. We got a door prize coming up. What? What is it? I'm sorry this went so long tonight, guys.
11: Okay, we've got a couple things here. Uh, first thing I have is a um, package with three garden stakes one is a butterfly uh one is a frog and one is a hummingbird and you can put these anywhere in your yard you can probably even hang them in the house if you wanted to Um, and there is a um, also a stone that has flowers on it and a verse on it and the verse says uh, friends are the flowers in the garden of life, um, and you can feel the flowers are raised up, so you can feel that cool. as well. Cool. Who's winning? And the winner is Tyler. Oh, no. oh Tyler. Tyler! Yay!
0: Did we want one more door prize? One more door prize and then we can hospitality it. Well, take and uh, on the way. next
11: door prize is a mug that has Hershey's kisses. Oh, I know. And the winner for that is Jeff Bishop.
0: And he Jeff turned in he, he's he been up for a very long time.
11: <laughs> so should I draw another name?
0: Draw again. How about Inez Schultz? Yeah, Inez. And that's it. Put we'll see in you in hospitality, guys.
11: you. Again, if you want to take part in the 50-50 raffle, um, Alan and I have tickets one for a dollar or six for five dollars, and that is for the fifty fifty to be drawn tomorrow at the banquet.
15: This will uh, wrap up the Convention coverage for today, April 22nd, 2016. And we thank you all for listening. We'll be back tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. That is 9.30 Eastern. So, until next time, I'm Tyler Uronic. Good night from Des Moines.